0: What's my snappers My spider sense is tingling. Tingling.
1: Spider sense is tingling. Spider Spider sense on. My spider sense. spider sense is tingling.
0: My spider sense My spider sense is Anybody else's spider sense tingling. Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug, and I'm Derek. And as your spider sense tingling?
2: Yeah, and it's telling me I'm. It's been tingling for five whole years.
0: Five years of nonstop tingling. Yeah, that
2: actually, sounds like you'd be insane <laughs> horrible that.
0: Committed for
2: that, unfortunately.
0: Well, as always, we would like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons: Bo, Carl, Katie, Jason, Zoe, James, Keith and cody thank, thank, thank you, so, you much. so much and we have a bit of business here um speaking of patrons and our patreon we had some word snappers last week that derek you managed to sneak in uh when i was least expecting it uh, me um, too
2: look i'll <laughs> be honest too okay this was one of those cases where it was like you know word snappers words it's just like we just kind of take it easy yeah it was one of those cases like where our recording schedule was kind of all over the place because of the guests that we've had on. Mm-hmm. And I, and between that and knowing we had like the AMA coming up and all that stuff. Like I was like, I feel like we just need to just get them in now because it might be possible that we don't like, I don't know when we'll be able to get these in yeah. um, and how far away from like when we will actually record the next one. And, but I didn't think about that until kind of late in the recording. And the thing is mm-hmm. I, I, I'm so thankful for david being on that podcast because i feel like both of us were really exhausted when we recorded that episode last week Mm -hmm. i know that i was Um, (laughs) i recorded Screonk the night before that episode i had the biggest headache for like two straight days felt like shit but we had to record that and then had the recording with david the morning the morning um you know the morning after that and yeah. both of us were so out of it and low energy <laughs> um, and David's coming in. Like I've got so much great information and I'm like, I'm so glad that you're here because I don't know that the two of us could carry an episode <laughs> of our own. Um, although I listen back to it and it actually, I don't yeah. think it, we sound as low I, energy. As I think I f- it's fine. Think f- I think it yeah. sounds good, but I don't think we, f- I f- didn't feel good. No, when we, we
0: can it, so. hear it. That's the yeah. thing I was tweeting. I very recently I tweeted like, if you really pay attention and you track it, you can always tell when I'm recording in the morning. That is one of them. And I could tell listening back to it. I was like, Oh shit, yeah. that's right. We recorded this in the morning and I can tell because of my own voice and tone yeah. that it was the morning and not night when we usually record. Yeah. So you and I can tell for sure but, but other uh, people probably don't even notice
2: all of that's to say <laughs> when i worked in the words that were submitted which were bougie love budget submitted by zoe <laughs> those were the circumstances i was working under <laughs> and i'm actually listening back I, was, uh-huh. I listened back to that episode this morning i was very proud about how that came across because i actually think it kind of made, made sense to an extent in what I was talking about anyway, a little
0: bit. <laughs> sure. Or at I, you least said I think it, you wouldn't notice You it. said it confidently like it was a phrase right. that you exactly. would use in that situation. That's
2: what I tried to do, because I was like, <laughs> I don't know that there's a way I can, my 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 feeble, exhausted mind could <laughs> figure out a way to make those words actually make sense in the yeah. context of our conversation, but I'm going to make it sound like it makes sense. Yeah. We were talking about the show, and we were talking about like, limited resources within limited resources. And I think I made it made sense. So
0: yeah. 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 If,
2: thank you if, Zoe for sending those words. Yes. They, I think under normal circumstances, I think they wouldn't have actually been very hard. Cause I think that that's like, it would have been interesting and yeah. we could have gotten creative and made it made sense. But no, um, I think you did think a great job. Part did, of the, yeah. part of
0: the game is for us to figure out how to work it in. And I yeah. feel like people might not have noticed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So good uh, job.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you. and thank you to our patron's, Um, you know, if you, if you didn't know in all these five years, we've been doing this game since I think we started the podcast. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of like our our earliest Patreon, um, Mm -hmm rewards but if you're a patron of any level you get to submit some words every month and we have to work them into the episode no matter what they are mm-hmm. they don't have to make any sense and we've got to make them make sense somehow or at least say them <laughs> confidently enough that you think that they
0: right make sense. But, right exactly yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. very behind the scenes vibes for the episode today because it's a uh a, it's yeah another ask us anything episode it's our anniversary episode 50 year anniversary yeah. That's a big deal right
0: yeah it's, a big, cool. it's uh, kind of a big deal and we're celebrating by doing a chill episode <laughs> Love a chill episode. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We're not taking it too seriously. Also, in fact, I'm realizing I only make really terrible choices before we do AMAs because I think last time that was when I was like sucking on three Dairy Queen drinks all at once. Um, And this time I ate a whole bunch of Taco Bell. So, um, you know, the vibes are casual.
2: (laughs) Sucking on Dairy Queen drinks. What a phrase. Sucking on three Dairy Queen drinks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only great life choices. That's cool. (laughs)
0: If you've never heard an AMA episode before from us, it is way more casual. They are typically much more lightly edited. Um, So you know, we're just we're 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 just hanging out.
2: So if you if I like drop this little Spider-Man bobblehead on my desk, for example, which may have happened Mm -hmm. while I was talking a couple minutes ago, (laughs) may or may not get edited out. Who knows? It's fine. Yeah,
0: we'll see. Part of the fun. Part of the surprise.
2: Part of the surprise. Um, we got a lot of questions We got a lot of questions this yeah. time. Yeah. Um, like a lot, a lot. So you know, if you if you sent questions in and we don't get to it in this episode, um, or you feel like we missed it or something like that, and you really want us to answer it, to let us know. You can uh, just be like, hey, can you guys answer this in the next day? May you do or post it in the Ask Us Anything channel in the Discord. And we can answer it there if you'd rather yeah. it's just answer it. If you're just something you're genuinely curious about, whether we're recording an episode or not, we can answer it right there. Um, but yeah. We do these We do these usually every few months uh, periodically. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we didn't really put them in any particular order this time. There's no real grouping or theme to the questions. It's just kind of people ask us questions and we jotted them down. And I think we're just going to go through them as they have been presented to us. So. Mm-hmm um i guess we can just dive in yeah unless there's anything else you want to want to get to let's do it so tommy at awkward comma uh one of the hosts of distant echoes here on Glitterjaw and your co-host for lee carvalho's potting challenge in fact yes um asks a question but also gave us a little praise beforehand um he said i'm gonna read the whole thing tommy he said i won't post this in social media in case you decide you don't want to share we're gonna share (laughs) Uh, He said, totally valid, especially since it's not really a question, but I really hope you both are proud of yourselves and everything you've accomplished, not in like a scolding parent way, but in an honest, loving way. (laughs) Five years is a huge deal and it's incredible the stuff you all have done in that time. Walloping itself has grown so much and you have a whole ass community, not to mention Falling, Screonk, and of course Glitterjaw. Truly, really hope y'all have a chance to just bask in the awesome shit you've accomplished in these five years. Congrats. Oh, which is
2: really nice to hear
0: incredibly sweet. Um, yeah. And I know, I know Tommy is a part of Glitterjaw, but he's somebody I think who got it immediately. And I can't mm-hmm. stress enough how grateful I am for the folks who like get the direction you and I have decided to go in with the things yeah. we are making. Um, mm-hmm. Cause not everybody does. And it makes me appreciate the folks who do get it even more. So yeah, uh, it's I mean, really nice to hear those kind of things.
2: One of the, you know, I think, Tommy's is one of our friends who had a podcast that you know I think was part of the founding idea for Glitter Jaw when we were thinking of doing like you know when we were thinking of starting a collective, like Tommy and Cass's podcast was like top of mind of like yeah mm-hmm. you know if we're trying to do podcasts that are other than the ones that Derek and Doug are doing together, we want to invite them in on it because they really get our vibe and they mm-hmm. you know are are kind of you know that I, I think that. We all approach things very similarly in a way. And I think that it's really it's always really nice to have uh friends that are able to approach these things and like that you can trust will approach them in the way that mm-hmm. you do too, you know, if that makes yeah.
0: sense. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Very appreciated. Thank you so yeah. much.
0: Yeah, thank you, Tommy.
2: Yeah. Um, he did ask a couple of questions. He said, "All right, I'll, I guess I'll post a legit question. <laughs> What's been your favorite team in one of our Pokemon tournaments?" Um, and for yeah. context, for context, yeah. um, so Tommy, Doug, me, and our friend Harrison, who's been on Tommy's podcast, just echoes a couple of times yeah. actually. Um, we do Pokemon tournaments in Scarlet and Violet, where like we literally just the four of us. Battle each other like we just pair up and then you know see uh, how many people win out of that tournament Mm -hmm. and they're always themed after something so either it's like you know we've had we've had teams that are like all one type we've had like all dragon type all steel type we've had ones that are like a more um thematic like a high concept thing like rock and roll and then you can define that however you want make your team based in rock and roll and we've done drafts as well where it's mm-hmm. just like here just use you know this one particular decks and only draft pokemon out of that and then we you know plan it ahead right. of time so that's been so fun we've been doing that for months now um, oh
0: we've been doing it for over been, we've we have to have been doing it for over a over year, year. Right? it's been over a year because well, we or maybe maybe we've just been raiding for over a year mm-hmm um i guess maybe we haven't been doing the tournaments that whole time but like the reason the four of us do it is because we are like a raid group in pokemon um and wanted some other things to do while we were uh doing raid nights so yeah maybe it hasn't been quite a year but uh, i think we're getting pretty close if we haven't already <laughs> been doing it for a long time now yeah
2: yeah yeah um ask for favorite team that is, I, I, you know, I still really like my dragon team that I came up with, like, very early that I won <laughs> yeah. with.
0: I was going to be surprised if you didn't shout just, out your dragon team.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that would obviously, if you know Pokemon, like, dragons are weak against other dragons, so it's sort of like a really, <laughs> it is challenging to figure out how to navigate that, and I won the tournament with yeah. my team. Um, I'd have to look again to see who was is on it, but, like, my Dragapult was the was the oh star of God. the show for that one. Like it beat the shit out of everybody because it was so fast <laughs> and powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that really is the most successful one that I've ever built. Honestly, like I've, yeah. I've, won, I've won like one or two other ones, but or maybe one other one, I don't remember. Um, But, but out of any ones that I've won, that was the one where it was sort of like, it felt like such a solid win for me and I felt so accomplished from it. Yeah. Um, But I did a lot of, a lot of fun building, I've had a lot of fun in the, the first draft that we did, I think. Was that just the Kitakami? Pokedex, yeah, that was just anything from Kitakami, yeah. I believe. But I, I think that when I built a good team, I don't think I won with it. Or no. I, I liked the, the first
0: team. draft, we all like picked a category that went into the uh-huh. pool, right? Or did we not draft from that? Oh, Maybe no. Maybe we didn't draft we from did.
2: that. No, but that was a category thing. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever one that I had blood moon Ursaluna on i liked that team yeah yeah i don't remember i mean
0: i I don't remember how could you not but
2: i liked it um that had to have been
0: a draft because otherwise everybody would have had blood moon Ursaluna.
2: yeah it was definitely a draft i just don't remember which one it was but either way i liked that team
0: yeah (laughs) what about you i what's funny is i I think we've all won two except i think somebody maybe just won their third one or something Mm. but um what's funny is like my favorite most memorable teams aren't even really the teams I won with. It's usually themes that I was really into. So I think like one of my favorites thematically was my chess inspired team for our warriors tournament. Um, that was one of the more like abstract themes. And I just had like a bunch of ideas rattling around. And then at some point it just clicked that chess is a, a war game. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to make a six Pokemon team with the six pieces on a chessboard. Um, And so, I don't know, it wasn't a great team because I wasn't thinking strategically, I just wanted pieces like pokemon that represented the pieces um Mm. and i really like it and i (laughs) I just think it was a really fun process to pick pokemon based on that and i believe kyle my uh my victory road co-founder is actually 3d printing me um some of the chess pieces which is really exciting yeah
2: oh my god i
0: love that i like like them a lot
2: (laughs) yeah 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 oh that's so cool Yeah. yeah that's been that's been a really a real highlight of the best. Mm-hmm. of the last year is those tournaments I'm excited for the next one too that we're doing yeah yeah. Too. <laughs>
0: I still gotta put my team together
2: yeah I have mine Ugh. together I just need to level them up
0: yeah I have to, I'm have. I'm stuck between like do I try to build something or do mm-hmm. I just go with my faves and I think it's gotta be my faves but we'll see yeah
2: yeah absolutely I, I'm doing faves for sure theme of starters <laughs> by the way for folks who are
0: wondering team of starters
2: yep I'm excited about that one because there's a lot of them yeah. that I have not played with before and now oh, I get yeah. to yay. yeah yeah <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tommy um, also. Oh, uh, Tommy also asked, "Are there any collectibles, Spider-Man, Godzilla, Pixar, or anything else that you're really interested in acquiring? I know neither of you are really collectors per se, but is there something you've been eyeing, uh, or a if I have the opportunity to get X, I will item." Do you have an answer for this immediately? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: initially I didn't think I would. Because, I mean, Tommy rightly, I think, identifies neither one of us as, like, big collectors necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, But at this point, I unironically want the Lightning McQueen Crocs and would absolutely, like, cut a bitch (laughs) if I had the opportunity to get them. I think they've released them twice and they've sold out in, like, hours each time, if not, like, minutes each time. And at this point I'm like... I think I I think I need to figure out a way to get these stupid fucking Crocs.
2: I don't under okay this I'm I don't this is gonna sound so shitty. I don't mean to be rude.
0: No, but do why it
2: why do those sell out that quickly? Are there really that many adult Lightning McQueen fans who also like Crocs? Because I do I, not think that would be a Venn diagram that would be particularly <laughs> big. Like I know that you fit into that Venn diagram, but I yeah. feel like there would be you and like five other people. Like what do you, I don't I, understand.
0: I think that uh I'm probably in a small group of people who want them unironically. I feel like a lot of people just probably want Ironically. them because they're like weird crocs. Also, yeah. they're limited batch. So like people, so people are buy just buying them just to resell because. them. Yeah. Yeah. Or or just because as like a purely a collector's item. Yeah. Um, uh, but I want them and I would put my feet into them. So whatever. <laughs> Anybody who is horrified at the thought. <laughs> their shoes i'll wear them yeah. live
2: your truth live your truth i'm a, yeah. I'm not a, i'm not a croc wearer but i'm a croc ally i i get it oh uh, i appreciate so that I support, thank you i support your choices with wearing crocs
0: yeah i think it was like uh 2020 i think was when i came out as a croc wearer yeah. uh, so i appreciate your you being in my corner
2: yeah of course <laughs> of course <laughs> i think that the fact that you can put little um what do they call them the little like just things i want to say
0: giblets and i know that's not right i know that's not (laughs) correct (laughs) i think it'll start with a g or something doesn't it something like that you
2: know what i mean just like little little charms and stuff you can put on your cracks i do think that's very funny that you can do that yeah um for me i was talking about this with doug um not too long ago oh yeah i missed the boat on the uh i guess it was the legacy collection Power Rangers Zeonizers. It was it Legacy or Lightning? I think it was Legacy
0: I, I think it was Legacy. Because it's been probably. a long
2: time since those came out. I didn't get those when they came out. The Zeonizers, which is the morphers that the uh that they have in Power Rangers Zeo um they're they're my favorite morphers of all time of sentai and power rangers incredible morpher they're two i love a wrist morpher i love a multi-piece morpher and Mm -hmm. they are wrist multi-piece morphers and the other thing i love about morph is when a morpher doesn't look like anything else i'm not a fan of like a morpher that's just like a cell phone or whatever i like a morpher that is just so unique and distinct it looks like nothing else and that's exactly what those are they look like nothing else on this earth they are two beautiful golden things you wear on your wrist they don't look Mm -hmm. too gaudy but they're also like not something that you could mistake for a watch they are like so specifically what they are and so well designed they're my favorite morphers ever i just wasn't i think when they i don't remember when they came i think they came out at a time and i just like didn't have a lot of money and i wasn't buying stuff like that sure. um you know and then they eventually went out of stock and my biggest regret i like i don't regret not doing it then because i genuinely couldn't um there's plenty of things that i haven't bought in the past that's fine oh sure but what i regret is that i was at a con a couple of years ago and they were selling them for like $100 um which wow is good for for a collectible like that yeah For new, that is not being made anymore. Right. And I I considered getting it. I considered getting it. And for whatever reason, I decided not to. And I don't know why I made that decision. And I regret it every day of my life. Because you can't find... You you can only... You find them no less than 200. Usually way more than that.
0: Um, I get that, though. I feel like anytime I'm at a con, I'm like nervous to buy things because I'm like, what if I find something else that I want more? Right. And then I just don't end up with any of the coolest stuff yeah. I could have gotten. Or
2: it's like, you know, when you're online, you can cross check and see what it is. When yeah, you're like literally standing there at a con, it's sort of like, I genuinely I don't I've I i, I had not been looking for those morphers actively because they hadn't been on yeah. my mind because they'd come out so long ago but then i see them and it reminds me Then i'm just thinking like i don't know if i could if this is a reasonable price or not i literally don't know because i haven't searched for it mm-hmm. and i assume that maybe a hundred dollars is too much for it and then of course i come to find absolutely not that was a that Incredible was a deal. steal <laughs> that was a steal getting from that price yeah um so and 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 a thing is too like i could probably find something somewhere but it's like i want those specifically because those look exactly like I want them to look. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want the. I don't want a Japanese version of it. I don't want any other version of them. I want those specific yeah. ones from that year. Um, so, and I mean, you can still find them. I just would have to put mm-hmm. down a lot of money for it. And I consider doing that time to time um, as if I do a treat my treat yourself. And I know I wouldn't regret it, but it's just a matter of when I'm ready to put down 200 or $300 oh, and yeah.
1: find
2: it. Um, for things that I will wear on my wrist once, and then probably just, you know, keep on a shelf forever. Yeah. Like, how worth it is that? I don't know. Um, yeah.
0: I think, I I think, like, because most of the things that I, I feel like I would want as a collectible aren't things that I would necessarily, like, revere, you know? Like, like I said, I would wear the, the Lightning McQueen Crocs. I wouldn't, like, preserve them or hermetically seal them or whatever. But I do think if I could get my hands on literally anything... From the hyperforce shoots or set mm. that shit, I would do anything to like protect with my life. That's really like cool. if I could get somebody's character sheet or even a even one of their cards or like one of their sets of dice. Holy crap! Like that would oh that. Yeah. Ooh, I don't even have words. Like absolutely, I don't know what I would do with it, but I would I would do everything to protect that because it's like it's such a unique thing. Mm-hmm. Um. In the context of something, it's unique as well. It's not mm-hmm. like a mass produced thing. Most yeah. of that stuff is one of a kind. Um, <coughs> right, right. One yeah. of their wrist morphers would be awesome because I think there's like seven of them. Yeah. Like f- total, you know? Yeah. Um. So any, I mean, that would be, if if we're talking like something uh, one of a kind or almost impossible to get, but that would be like meaningful that I would revere, it would be something like that. Be like a relic for me, like a holy relic.
2: Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. No, I get that. Um, I guess on on that note, something from a show or whatever, a Mm. Simpsons cell would be really cool to have. I don't even try to look for that stuff because they're all like ten thousand dollars or whatever, like you know, because the Simpsons. But if somehow it fell into my lap, I would. It would tr- I would treasure it forever even if it was yeah. like a cell with like half an arm on it or something you know what I mean like <laughs> anything from it just being on the show would be amazing to me Yeah. Um, that and the other, only other thing I think of is that like this isn't a specific one but there are because Godzilla has existed for so long there are so oh. many things that have been made that like I would love so specifically there's a um, there's a really cool toy store um, in Carrytown, uh, in which is like the, my favorite strip in Richmond oh, cool. um, right now um, called Toy Lair. If you if you're living in Richmond and have never been there, definitely check it out. It's fucking so cool. Um, but they had a um, this really big, gigantic, like Biolante, like art piece in there, like just Ooh. a standing model. Like, like st- it was like this. Uh, I don't even. I'm not even sure. It looked like glass, but it probably wasn't wasn't glass. But it looked Damn. like it. You know. Yeah. And and it was like just darkly colored and just like, really beautiful. Um. And it was like $400 and I considered like maybe putting it on layaway and like paying it installments to pay for it. Yeah. Um, it's like someone did buy it. So like, I'm happy that that oh, sure. it, it went to a good home and that store made money off of it. But mm-hmm. something like that, I think would like a big statement piece that would be like <laughs> a centerpiece of a living room. Yeah. I don't know that I necessarily have room for it where I am now, but like for the future, like it would be really cool to have a really big significant, like Kaiju statement piece because there's really (laughs) cool art that is just very big that would be different than just like a figure or a painting or something you know yeah Um, like something like that would be really cool Mm -hmm. um that i would be willing to you know maybe spend a lot of money on a chunk on yeah if i I come you know if i if i come to find it so
0: yeah Mm, that's good yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, he also asked related and apologies if this is a, has been asked before, but is there a piece of memorabilia that you do own that's your favorite to show off to people? I, I do think we've gotten a similar question, but I think last time I felt like I didn't have a great answer for it. So I actually, I actually thought about this one a lot more than I did previously. So I have a few things, okay. um, that I didn't highlight the last time. I'm pretty sure. Um, I know I've mentioned the first one, but I'm going to mention it just because it's the first thing that always comes to mind. It's not really valuable as a collectible. It's valuable sentimentally. My Saba, the white Power Rangers tiger sword is a thing that I wanted so badly as a kid and knew that I would never have. So the moment that they did the legacy version of that, um, I was like, I'm going to own that fucking sword. Um, And I think, I think it might've once again, Kyle, I think might've been the person who like made sure and secured that I got one. Or oh, that I secured awesome. one, um, and so like just like as one of those things that like <clears throat> satisfies the child you, or like you get yeah. to buy a present for the child you that nobody would have ever given you. Uh, that's like my favorite sentimental thing. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of Power Ranger stuff. I have, um, I have a couple. We're talking a lot of legacy stuff here. But I have a 2016 San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Legacy Red Ranger Mm -hmm. um, that Toku Chris, aka Geek with Chris, aka I think something else coming up soon, uh, gave me, which is very cool. I also have the 2016 Power Morphicon exclusive Golden Black Legacy Dinozord. Um, So I have two of those like con exclusive Legacy uh, figures, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, I do have a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie VHS, signed by Paul Newman. Oh, um, shit. I don't yeah. think I knew this. I met him at a con, um, and it was a really fun interaction. It's one of my favorite, if or do not you my not Paul,
2: You mean Paul Freeman, not Paul Newman, Sorry, sorry, right?
0: Paul Freeman. Why did I say Paul Newman? Paul Newman. <laughs> that's so weird. Um, Paul Freeman, yeah. Um, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I... It's one of my... F- oh, God, this light is is terrible. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, I'm showing it, it. to That's Derek. So cool. None of you can see it. But um it's one of my favorite con interactions. He had no one at his table. And I just walked up and was like saying, hey. Oh, um, and he was asking me how my con was. And then he was like, you know what? Actually, hold on a sec. And he got up from his table and made me sit in his chair and then oh, pretended God. I was at the con and he was visiting me. Oh, my and God. And then just was like asking me questions. And I was what like, this guy. is so... Weird, but I love you right now. So, um that's why one was that is nobody like,
2: at his table? Like the dude was an Indiana Jones. Like I don't understand. I don't it's so annoying. It's so weird. Well, okay. it's
0: also it's not even like he is like big in other things, but played like a small role in Power Rangers. He's like the main villain of the movie.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. Fuck, so dude? I don't like, know. Very memorable. Yeah. Wow. well I mean, that. I mean, that I'm that certain it, so you people had a visit
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, certain people grade visit grade. him at the con, but just for whatever reason, at that moment. No one was there, so I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go talk to Paul Freeman at this moment. I love moment. that. Um, I can't believe I said Paul Newman. That's going to crack me that's up all night. so funny. Um, so that's another one. Um, I have a bunch of Hyperforce comic book covers um, that various friends helped me get uh, because they, I, I, I have a reputation for liking Hyperforce, so people tend to think of me or try to help me get Hyperforce stuff, so that's really cool. And then I think this is one that I didn't mention for some reason last time, but it seems so stupid not to. I have the 20th anniversary Power Rangers Red Ranger helmet DVD set, um, where it's like a big Red Ranger helmet, and it has uh, every season of the first 20 seasons. I'm
2: extremely jealous that you have that. Yeah, I've won it. It's I've always wanted it.
0: One of the nicest gifts anyone's ever given to me. My ex gave it to me one year, I think for Christmas or something. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. Yeah. um, That's And an I, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. It's like easily one of the coolest things uh, I've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, so a lot of Power Rangers stuff. Um, and then I have a couple other things that might interest people who have no interest in Power Rangers. But I. Um, I have a 1973 Ballantine box set of Lord of the Rings that I found at like an indie bookstore in Chappaqua, New York. Oh, my God. I just was like, we were just there and there was this interesting bookstore uh, that was clearly like an indie bookstore owned by just like this guy who operated it and was there when he could. Uh, We happened to be there when it was open and I was like, well, I got to walk out with something. Like, I can't just like look around this guy's shop and not buy something. Mm. Um, And I found this like box set for like 20 bucks and i was like hell yeah i'll buy this like 50 year old lord of the rings box set for 20 bucks oh that's Um, so cool yeah and then last one i promise yeah Um, this will mean this will be really funny for people who know exactly what i mean when i say it but i think it will also be entertaining for people who have no idea because it is my favorite plush that i own and it is a plush of a character named piss boy (laughs) Okay, it is a Draw Detective's character. Uh, it is a cat, and its name is Piss Boy, and it was wow. a limited run plush uh, production. And I actually made a friend over it because when they said they were doing them, or when they like released, or what opened up pre-orders or whatever for it, um, I absolutely like could not afford one. At the moment, and I was like, I tweeted out to the universe something I never do, which was like, Uh please, if anybody is willing to order me a piss boy, I promise you I will pay you back. And I love people who would read that out of context, and but that's it's kind of the perfect thing for it because people who have no idea what I'm talking about, just filter it out. But it's like a beacon for people who know what I'm talking about. Yeah. right? And uh, my friend Jacob, my now friend Jacob uh, reached out to me. I'd never talked to him before, but he was like, Hey, mm-hmm. I can, I can do that for you. Um, which was again, really. So a lot of these things are actually things like friends helped me get or mm-hmm. gave me, uh, but are also cool collectibles. So uh, shout out and thank you to Jacob. Uh, and now we are, we are, uh, you know, pretty good friends. So, so uh, cool. My piss boy, <laughs> piss boy plush. It's such piss a boy. funny name. We're very, a guy, flush is very cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a cute little green cat with a uh, big old watery eyes and a, an upset expression <laughs> on its face. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. All right. So that was. I wanted to do that question justice this time because I felt yeah. so disappointed in myself last time because I was like, I know I have shit that's cool. I, I don't just don't think remember... of it very much.
2: Yeah, I don't even remember when we got. I know, va- I remember like vaguely that we got asked that, but I don't remember when it was because I don't remember what yeah. any of my answers were. Maybe I, might, I probably answered like the JM DeMateus like. Uh, oh, I think you signed, absolutely think, did. Yeah, which is that pretty cool. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought of some other things that I don't think I said last time. Um, speaking of your ex getting a Power Rangers related thing,
1: um, yeah.
2: my ex got me, imported me a. Um, a the um ryu voyager uh from q ranger whoa so, uh so like it's which you know if you don't know what that is that's like one of this one of the sentais that's like my favorite sentai my favorite ranger from any power rangers or super sentai is mm-hmm. is the is the um ryu commander uh, shurampo and that is basically the zord mecha is like just it's a per- big long purple dragon yeah um and i have that you know i have that on display because i think it is really fucking cool and it's a thing that um i don't even after cosmic fury came out i don't know that that ever got released as a zord here or if it did it probably wasn't that good of quality um so i mean but i but i've had this since like 2017 so um yeah yeah, and i i just i love i love it i think it's a really fucking cool thing i never bought any other any (laughs) of the other like Mecha from that season yeah but i don't need it that's my favorite one and it's so fucking bad and and i had like a a plushie of shurampo um from there as
0: well. Ooh, um, that's awesome. I don't think I knew you had that.
2: It's a plushie that they like had in the, not the same one that they use, but like they made the plushies of the characters in the show. So it's like modeled after what those plushies look like. So, that's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> um, and, uh, what else was I going to say for that? I guess also speaking of power Rangers, um, all just my old power Rangers toys that I still, I I've kept oh, all of them since so from childhood. And a lot, some of them, you know, are rough condition because I played sure. with them all the time, but some of them are still in pretty good condition. Um, and I think like, you know, I have the original, you know, Megazord, like the original Dinazord, Megazord um, and some other ones. But I think the coolest and, and I have like the Astro Ship, but the coolest one, I think still, because it's such a good one, is the Shogun Megazord. Um, I still have that one. Ooh. And that one, I mean, that one is a fun one. I was actually just uh, watch. I've been watching through Kaku Ranger. Um, for the first time and I was watching a lot of it With my friend Chris Chris Cummins who's been on the podcast mm-hmm. um, And so it was kind of cool that we were watching that And they you know Have their the, their versions of the Zords in the Sentai and I'm like Look what I got. I got the Power Rangers one and it's like in good condition and I can like build it and take it apart and be like and the white one's pink for some reason. Like <laughs> it's fun that it's that it's to still have that stuff and yeah. it looks, looks really cool and you know not stuff not a lot of toys aren't really made like those were back no. then um cuz they're real heavy duty stuff. Um yeah. So any any of those Power Rangers toys I think are just really cool to just still have on hand even if I don't like display them or anything.
0: Yeah. Um I wish I had mine. The I didn't have very <laughs> many Power Rangers toys cuz I didn't have did many. Not- encourage that behavior my, yeah. the only ones i had were for my grandma mm-hmm. um and the one i really wish i had because as a kid I, all I really wanted as a kid, and I could never say this to anybody and I never could ask one cause I know I would never get one. All I fucking wanted was a Polly pocket. It's literally like the one toy I wanted. I would have been so Aww. happy to get. No one ever would have gotten one for me. Like a couple years ago, I was like, should I start collecting Polly pockets? I didn't do it. Cause that would be a wild thing to start doing now. But the closest I ever had was a, uh, like Zeo Megazord, um, uh, mm-hmm. Like thing that opened up at different parts of the Zord, and there were sure. little rangers that were about mm-hmm. the size of a Polly Pocket. And so I wish I had that because that was that was the closest thing I ever got to a Polly Pocket. Um, and I have no idea where went, like where it went. Oh, that's so funny. I mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have a ton as a kid, but whenever I but I got I got enough because I kept all of them and I got enough sporadically over time that I ended Mm -hmm. up as ended up with a lot of them. But I never had like I, you know, some kids got like a whole team, got every Megazord. And I'm like, once every few years, I'd get a gift of the Megazord because those things were those things were pricey. Oh, my
0: God. Yeah. Yeah.
2: but so it was always it, – it, so I still – you know, it was very special when I actually got a Megazord because it was a big deal. Totally. Um, I think I only had three in total really and then I had – three of the full ones i have the law and then i have like weird ones like i have like a little tiny version of the zeo megazord that can't be taken apart and i have like a like a smaller (laughs) version of the lost galaxy megazord that also can't be taken apart so it's like you know i have like middle ground with those yeah um but but all that stuff is really cool you know i can i can't show that off to everyone but i could show it up certain people appreciate that oh totally um
0: well, it's so like most have... of our Power Rangers stuff, to be honest.
2: That's true. Yeah. I mean, honestly.
0: It's got a specific audience who will appreciate it.
2: hmm Yeah. Um, some other stuff I have a I have a Garrus Vakarian statue that I that I really think is oh really shit cool. that uh Bio- it's not I mean a statue it's not that big it's a um, life size
0: statue yeah
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> um actually all the Garrus Vakarian stuff I have is fun I have the Garrus uh, Vakarian body pillow and my on my bed <laughs> I'm so it's glad you crazy do crazy that Bioware like made that as official merchandise um <laughs> I have that I I recently got a few things that I think is really cool too. Um, I got comedy bang bang, the book that is autographed by Scott Ackerman, oh, Paul, yeah. Tomp- Paul F. Tompkins and Andy Daly, which is like three amazing people. To- I mean, yeah. I, um, Paul F. Tompkins and Scott Ackerman, especially, I really wanted them to autograph it. And the fact that it was kind of randomized. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for certain who you were going to have your, have autographed and it got sent to you. So getting at least those two is great. And then Andy Daly is cool too. So yeah, that's really cool. Um, I recently got from a, um, from a seller at DragonCon, I think. Sold this. I don't. I, you know, I forget to look on what year it's from. I I think it's I think it's fairly old, but like just a really big collectible book um about the first two terminator movies and it's one of those it's one of those things there's a probably a word for it but you do do you know those like big guides that have like multimedia stuff like pages you can you can fold out and like you can pull out like things that are like replicas of other things that are in envelopes it's that kind of thing where there's like little mini props and stuff it's really fucking cool um i was so happy i found it for like it was like 45 bucks like a steal for something like that yeah um there's that, and I found, and there's a couple of um, uh, Godzilla magazines from Japan that are like S, I guess, SFX magazines, I think that mm. they're called. Um, but they're just like Japanese behind the scenes magazines that were from the 90s, because it was one for um, the Godzilla versus King Ghidorah and Godzilla versus Destroya um, that. Yeah. From the nineties that are just, you know, they're all in Japanese. So like, I can't read them like Google translate, but it has like amazing (laughs) images and and photos and stuff in them. Yeah. Um, That's, that's really cool. So it's just a really cool piece of memorabilia to have.
0: Yeah. Um, That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Those are the things that all came to mind. I think that's enough.
0: (laughs) I think, I think we made up for, I think, you know, what's funny. We, we said, you know, this is, these end up being sort of behind the scenes. I would say like every other AMA, we sort of like go back and forth. We're like, we'll have an AMA where we're like, man, I didn't think of any of the answers beforehand. And we're like fully answering the questions yeah. like in the moment. Um, and then like the next one will be like highly prepped. I feel like th- when we got that question the first time, it was one where we were like winging it um, yeah. and just answering things like on the fly, which is fun. Um, but I've, it, that's always stuck with me. I'm like, I feel like I could have answered that question so much better. So uh, thank yeah. you, Tommy, for giving us a second chance. Yeah,
2: yeah <laughs> thank you. I mean, thank you for all the questions. And I mean, you know, I was talking earlier about like our relationship with him podcast wise, but he's also like a really good friend. Like he's my best friend and it's really been so truly amazing to have someone so supportive for such a long time for all the stupid shit I do. (laughs) Um, And it's been so exciting to see him doing podcast stuff as well. And now we get to actually like do one together. Like that's so fucking cool that to, to have the ability And the opportunity to do stuff like that with, with people in your life.
0: Yeah. I didn't tell either of you this. I don't know why. Um, but like it, it's, it's actually really cool listening to the two of you do a podcast together. Okay. Because I feel like it comes through. I mean, you, you say that you've known each other for forever, but I feel like it comes through that you've known each other for forever. Mm. Um, and it's just like, I think that is a very particular energy that you can't fake. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's, it's fun that. listening to the two of you because it's very clear. It's <laughs> two very good friends with history doing a, uh, you know, a fun thing together. So, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Fun until I have to, uh, play Bart versus the space mutants, which I'm gonna have to play a bunch of tomorrow.
0: Night tomorrow <laughs> to <record>. um, Amazing. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, yeah, it's all great. <laughs> <laughs> Only true friends could endure that together and you, and come That's out okay. You actually,
2: know? extremely true. <laughs> I
0: think <laughs> this is what you're doing for each other. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh boy. Well, speaking of like good friends who we podcast with, <laughs> right? Um, David Arnold. You would know him obviously from co-hosting gimmicks with me and for hosting are you my mother both on glitter jaw has been perpetually an amazing supporter yeah. um of our stuff and glitter jaw in general and like such an instrumental part of making sure glitter jaw functions well so Truly. thank you for everything you have done for us david and continue to do uh he asked it's been a while so the question is three wildly successful collaborations in process uh, in process. What's the Derek Doug origin story. Um, and when we, we've answered this at some point <laughs> at an yeah. AMA, but like, I don't know people. I don't, I don't, this is the question I don't mind answering yeah. multiple times. Cause I don't know. I mean, I don't remember. When we last answered it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure people always wonder that. So yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, the, this, the, the initial sort of meat is actually very simple. I was live tweeting mighty Morphin power rangers uh, like a rewatch of it and Derek mm-hmm. noticed and, and we started tweeting with each other. Like that, that's truly like the, mm. how we met piece of it's,
2: it. It's slight. I mean, no, it's literally, it's actually the reverse of that. Doug,
0: um, I noticed that's, you tweeting Mighty Morphin Power that's Rangers? Not, yeah, that's
2: not the truth, Ellen. That's not, fuck,
0: you got me back. <laughs> yeah,
2: because...
0: It, it was when I was doing my rewatch, so I guess yeah, I have fucked we, up the we details. Were, <laughs> we were
2: both live tweeting Power Rangers. Okay, However, I it. know that you were specifically searching for it because I, when we last answered this question, I looked up the tweet, and I'd have to do it again. Ah. But there's a, I quote... Uh, I quoted a funny quote that Billy had about, like... Like he refers to dancing as like bodily gy- gyrations. That's right. something like that. Right. Um, and I quoted that. And I think you must've been searching power Rangers in your tab. My tweet came up and then like you liked it. Um, and then I remembered you did like a little subtweet thing but in a positive way i guess of like uh-huh. uh, of like oh like oh uh, um, a perfect uh, man a, a, a bear a bear talking about power rangers perfect man and then yeah. i liked it <laughs> and it's like whoops um and then we never stopped talking after that yeah it's true
0: it's true <laughs> yeah we were just watching power rangers at the same time and happened to be on twitter it's truly truly what yeah. it is yeah yeah um which is kind of incredible because um we didn't meet via fandom. Like that is not actually our sort of origin story, despite uh, that usually being the case nowadays. Mm -hmm. If you meet somebody with a similar interest online, it's usually through a fandom group or a fandom forum or some sort of fandom activity. Genuinely wasn't that it was like two individual people separate Mm -hmm. from anybody else, just rewatching and tweeting the same shit.
2: Yeah. And I think it, I think that actually like reaffirmed our friendship better because we kind of both like we were both independently doing our power Rangers thing. Mm -hmm. And then I think we both entered the larger community around the same time. Yeah. um, And got to experience like, I feel like the same sort of arc of like, Oh, it's cool that there are this and people who like power Rangers. And I t- opening up that new world, not realizing it, going deeper into it, getting more involved in it, realizing, Oh, there's a seedy underbelly to this situation. yeah, And maybe there's Where's also bad, <laughs> maybe there's also bad aspects to this too, that I don't really like. Yeah. And then maybe retreating a little bit back away from it. Yeah. Um, but it was nice to not have to do that alone. Cause I think we both went through that journey pretty much at the same time and in a lot of ways together. So
0: that's yeah, that's spot on. (laughs) Absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. So it's it's uh thanks Power Rangers.
2: (laughs) Yeah, thanks Power Rangers. It's it's weird to have to have a a relationship in your life founded in Power Rangers and Twitter of all things, but Mm -hmm. it's the truth. That's real.
0: Thank you, Netflix, for at one point re- having every season of Power Rangers on yeah. there. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was very convenient for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um okay let's see here uh tyler at bear nurse on twitter asked a few questions first one <laughs> you're trying to cause me pain tyler uh fuck mary kill 90s animated spider-man edition venom hobgoblin alistair smythe
2: so i gotta know what you're talking about this is easy this is like, no this i is figured it mode. out
0: i figured easy it mode. out but here easy i say mode. i say pain because the 90s show aesthetically There truly isn't anybody that I'm like, yeah, I want to fuck that person. It's just not my vibe. You know what I mean? Um, So, like, because he specifically said 90s animated Spider-Man edition, I do feel like that made it slightly tougher. But I figured it out and I have logic for everything. So. Okay. But you said it was easy, so go for it. Yeah.
2: Fuck Venom, kill Hobgoblin, marry Alistair Smythe. Venom, you you can't not fuck him. Why would you not fuck Venom? I don't understand how you could ever be in a scenario where you're with venom and are like, well, I'm not, I'm obviously not fucking him. Like that's uh-huh. never going to happen. Um, hobgoblin sucks. Kill him. Alistair Smythe. I don't love what the show does with him, but I think he would be a good husband. Like, I think that he would be perfectly fine to live with and be married to in, in a long-term relationship. I don't know that we would ever like, I think that it would be a very chaste relationship. Um, but you know, he just yeah. kind of does, he works, he goes to work and you know, gets, a. Fucked with by his boss and would come home to me and complain about it. And I'd yeah. let him complain and that's fine.
0: This is wild. We have completely different answers. I
2: think that's... In, that, I can't imagine any other order. So I'm very curious.
0: I don't... Curious. I fucking hate Alistair Smythe. There's no... I'm not touching him, marrying him with a 10-foot pole. That dude's dead. Okay. Um, And then... I, th- I find it interesting that that your version of Mary is chaste, because I said, fuck Hobgoblin, I hate him, but we could probably get something kinky out of it, and then I never have to see him again.
1: Uh-huh. Venom
0: is a marriage, and it, it's certainly not chaste, so I'm marrying Venom, and again, hate Alistair Smythe, so push him off a building.
2: Well, I think you just have very archaic ways to define marriage because marriage does not need to involve sex,
0: Doug. No, it doesn't. I just <laughs> found it interesting that you seem to assume there wouldn't be any. Yeah. Yeah. Look, uh, that would be our
2: understanding. I'd be like, Alistair, yeah, we can Yeah, no, for sure. For if sure. If this is the understanding. Yeah. Um. And Venom... I'm not, I'm not saying, saying there's anything
0: wrong with it. I'm not
2: saying I'm only gonna fuck Venom once. I'll just that's fuck true. him That's true. That was lot. my
0: assumption. Was that right. the fuck was one time? <laughs> no,
2: I'll fuck him many times. I'll fuck him constantly. And then he goes, I think. I think it would be hard to not be in a toxic relationship with Venom if you try to make that committed. Happily, will.
0: Dude, you're already in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure,
2: whatever. I mean, I do see your logic, though. I do think that that's I actually. I feel like I there's another podcast I feel like I listened to that had a similar conversation of like the confusion. Of, or a miscellaneous. Like, what your immediate uh, interpretation how you of you Interpret it. Yeah. Right. Because, like, yeah, like, yeah, because I do think some people do define Mary as you're going to be having sex with them like forever. We'll fuck, just whatever you it your, once,
0: whatever your long-term definition of marriage includes, yeah. you know?
2: Right. And I remember listening to one person who was sort of like, well, you can like fuck someone and then kill them too. So you can have it both ways. Like, <laughs> you know, if you, if you, if you can't decide, like that's also possible. So like there's ways you can interpret it. And I do think yeah. both of our interpretations yeah. do make sense.
0: Yeah. The other thing I would too is a, Venom can shape shift. So he doesn't have to look like a nineties animated character.
2: Right. That's a good point. But I'm a, well, you know, actually, maybe I do want to marry Venom. I feel like you've kind of convinced I'm, me. Of
0: I'm that. just shocked you didn't marry Venom. That's really, truly what I'm shocked by. Because
2: I because I guess I was differentiated f- fucking with.
0: Yeah, you were, <laughs> they were mutually, but fucking, what, mutually fucking exclusive.
2: Fucking with living a fucking. I was. Yeah. <laughs> How many times are we going to say fucking right now? I was confused. <laughs> I was uh, like. No, you fuck were, would just, just be repeatedly doing it and yeah. married and married would be like. A loveless domestic partnership, basically. <laughs> Don't do that to is yourself. what I was envisioning. So yeah, I guess when I think about it further, maybe I should at least like Venom and I could find some kind of weird love.
0: I think your logic was perfectly sound. I think we just interpreted FMK differently. differently. Yeah. Um so it all makes sense. Uh it's just is wild that none of our three answers were the same. We had none of the same three answers. No. I can't no. think of a time I've ever heard multiple people answer a fuck, Mary kill and have none of the same answers. That's so funny. That's wild. That's wild. Okay, well, great question. Holy shit. Jesus
2: Christ. (laughs) I thought this was going to be like quick and and simple. Open and shut case. Oh, wow. Damn. (laughs) Everything we do is always
0: complicated. (laughs) No quick answers. No quick discussions.
2: That's why these episodes up being fucking three hours even if we have four questions.
0: (laughs) I know. Oh, (sighs) boy. Um, Tyler also asked What are some inspired choices for performers in all of Spider-Man animation? What are some stinkers? Um, I actually think the inspired one, I think, is maybe an easy answer once it's out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. As much as I hate the show, I do think (laughs) almost the entire casting for MTV is maybe the most inspired animated casting any show has done.
2: Oh my god, that's actually... like. Okay, I think that the asterisk to that is that that doesn't mean that their performances in that show are the best that they could be. No, because the writing's
0: bad. <laughs>
2: Neil Patrick Harris makes sense as a Spider-Man. Like he comes back as Spider-Man in a video game. Like I yeah. think that that's especially especially two thousand and three Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I think that that is very that's very smart. Lisa Loeb. Lisa Loeb. As Mary Jane, I love that too I think, I wish that she was in a better role Because I think she could have nailed that And Ian Ziering too, is like I think if you're going to get Three like, people who would be Like, formerly stars of the 80s and Mm -hmm. 90s um, That would be recognizable to a 2000s audience But maybe not, but available to get for a spider-man show yeah that makes sense for all three of them and they work well for those characters ian Ziering, i think is like out of the three like probably delivers the best in that show i think so. i think i think he also has
0: some of the best material to material
2: yeah yeah so and th- they're that's not, a great answer
0: because i think the other f- other side of it is they aren't necessarily like you said the best performances in all of animation but most shows are acted by voice acting professionals mm-hmm. versus these three who aren't necessarily or at the time at least weren't necessarily known for being prolific voice actors so i do think that to me adds to some of the inspiration behind the casting like
1: yeah
0: you know like, like uh fred Tatasciore is always amazing but like yeah. you kind of can predict what types of roles fred Tatasciore is going to be in it doesn't make them worse it just mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make them inspired either yeah. you know so yeah. to me i think mtv is It's the one thing, the one thing MTV has far and above, I think, other shows is just its casting. I agree with that. Specifically under the qualifier of Inspired.
2: That's a great answer, Doug. That's, like, so good. (laughs)
0: It it hurts because I'm putting it first place in something, but it's a very niche category.
2: Yeah. No, I think that's, yeah, yeah. I think that's good. And even
0: some of the guest spots were really awesome Mm -hmm. casting. Um, Yeah. A little bit more conventional, like um like but, voice actor spots but not all of them. I don't
2: know. I liked like Eve as Black Cat. Like mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. I that was really good.
0: See? Yeah, it really honestly, I think because of yeah. what the nature of the show was, because it was like trying to be hip, they wanted recognizable people that were sort of hip and mm-hmm. it worked out in a lot of cases. Like yeah, Eve is a perfect example. Incredible casting.
2: Yeah, or so. Talon, I guess, but basically yeah. Black Cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: but yeah, yeah. I think I think that's I'll fight people. It's the one thing I'll fight people over uh, to give credit to MTV for.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good answer. My mind went to James Arnold Taylor as Harry Osborn because Mm. I think that, um, I mean, he's a voice actor who's done a million things and that almost seems like easy, but I think that like, I feel like if you compare, you know, him as obi-wan kenobi in every star wars thing ever <laughs> yeah. like you wouldn't necessarily guess that that guy could do a mm-hmm. harry osborne and the thing is a lot of harry osborne's in cartoons they either i think swing way too far in the wiener direction like the yeah. 90s show does or they swing too far in the cool guy direction and james like arnold MTV taylor does <laughs> like mtv does and james arnold taylor i think if you were to be like you're casting obi-wan i guess he's gonna be a hot guy and then he plays Harry <laughs> osborne and he does and he, his performance is so weird for harry and he good way he's very he's this like high-pitched teenager like in a very cartoony way but because james arnold taylor has played deeper before and has played more layer and complex when you need that harry to go darker yeah he really delivers and you believe yeah. it it doesn't sound out of character when this like nerdy voiced high-pitched kid suddenly starts talking evilly you know totally. um, and it works and like and we've talked time and time again that Harry is a really hard character to nail. Like, most interpretations oh. of Harry fucking suck. It's one of the and wildest
0: things about doing what we do, is my yeah. entire sort of view now and perspective on Harry Osborne as a character actors have to portray. Yeah. Just completely right completely new view on it you know yeah
2: yeah and 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 james arnold taylor fucking nails it and and it it had to be really hard to figure out that he could do it because i don't even know how you even cast for that version of harry and he really gets both of those shades down Mm -hmm. um and i don't know that i've ever would have ever previously selected him to play a harry osborne you know at least not that version of harry osborne
0: yeah no Um, that's a good one because because it yeah i uh, voice actor, like professional voice actors certainly can still be inspired casting like my Fred Tattashore example was a very specific sort of voice sort of predictably kind mm-hmm. of but, like, yeah, you can do it. Like, I actually think it's it's ironic given how our relationship started here. But I think Scott Menville's is actually pretty inspired casting for yeah. Doc Ock, given the roles he has played in the past. Yeah. Um, and I think it actually paid off, even if I wasn't immediately convinced. Yeah. I think and he does like, voice acting now. Like, that's primarily what he does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think along those lines, I think Josh Keaton as Norman Osborn, I think is really inspired Ooh, because yes. it's, I mean, you wouldn't guess that that was him no. until you know it. And, and it's just layered. Having,
0: it's like inspired with layers,
2: a Spider-Man from a previous <laughs> Spider-Man show that got the shaft. Yeah being able to play a major role, but a completely radically different role and a different type of performance to show off just how good he is because he is a good Norman Osborn, but I never in a million years would have ever selected Josh Keaton to play Norman Osborn after playing 16 year old Peter Parker, you know? Yeah. Um, So I like that. And then this is a gimme, but like, spider verse casting jake johnson especially oh, yeah. as peter park uh, peter b parker honestly like, every
0: peter is an inspired yeah, casting chris in chris those pine movies.
2: chris pine
0: too is never, kind of like inspired. never yeah would have been nowhere near my draft board yeah
2: <laughs> but it all works you yeah. know so yeah. I, again it's a gimme but like i think that that has to be called out that spider verse yeah. peter parker casting is like so on point Just every time <laughs> top notch really yeah. really
0: fantastic yeah stinkers is kind of tough i think um especially if it's in the context of inspired because I don't just want to say like the obvious choices are stinkers because mm-hmm. I don't think that's th- that's in the spirit of it um, I do think if we're talking inspired casting we pick on him kind of a lot but I think Mick Wingert is maybe the epitome of like a stinker when it comes to inspired casting. They're just hiring him to do a Robert Downey Jr. impression and it's so tiresome after you hear it across multiple shows. And I just think it's like the the sort of like laziest thing they could do and it takes any sort of play that any actor gets to do with a Tony Stark entirely out of the equation. So yeah. that's the first thing I think of when I think of like in the context of inspi- – because he does a good job at what they're asking him to do. Um, but I think it's such a stinker – like there's no inspiration whatsoever. It's like negative inspiration on that yeah, one. Yeah,
2: pretty bad. Same show. We've talked about it a lot too. Pat Oswalt as Uncle Oh ben, my god. Really
0: that is – oh, so true. That yeah. might actually be the because worst one. Because at least Mick Winger is specifically like – Yeah, Yeah, okay, you sound like this other guy and that's what we're going for. Right. The Patton Oswalt, both castings, I just think are so off. Yeah,
2: because in 2017, if you haven't listened to our coverage of that show, Patton Oswalt plays Uncle Ben and Chameleon. And the thing is, the thing is why I think this is particularly for this question is because I could see a universe where you tell me Patton Oswalt plays Uncle Ben and it's really inspired that they have him do it. And I'd be like, okay, I could buy it. But I think part of the problem is that this version of Uncle Ben that they write isn't does not feel written for a Patton Oswalt performance right. like he's a very particular actor he always sounds like him he mm-hmm. always sounds like Patton Oswalt so you kind of have to write for him right yes and 100% they don't write for him it, no I don't I'm not exactly for sure. either character for for chameleon either yeah for, for Uncle Ben I have a hard time pinning down exactly what character they're writing for him I don't really understand their version of Uncle Ben to be honest The little either. that we see of him I think but it's whatever. one of the
0: worst if not but the worst he's we've seen in animation
2: really bad and whatever he is, it's not Patton Oswald. And I think no. Patton Oswald feels very forced when he's reading those lines. Um, and with chameleon, they do just write chameleon as like just an old school villain, <laughs> like, uh, or they write him as an old school villain. And they I think they write it like he should be creepier. But then Pat Oswalt voices it in a very cartoony yeah. way, but not in a way where he's trying to play it like ironically or comedically. No. It's just like Pat Oswalt trying to be a villain. But it's like, dude, you're not good at that, though, unless unless it's meant to be a subversion of Pat Oswalt, like a Pat Oswalt character, because mm-hmm. he has played bad guys before. But it's always like, isn't it weird that Patton Oswalt is a bad guy and he yeah. doesn't do that with Chameleon? It's just sort of like Pat Oswalt just giving a very straightforward Villain performance, and it just sounds like yeah. Pat and Oswald faking
0: it, you mm. know. So that's a perfect yeah. answer because it's bad casting and it results in bad performance. It's like mm-hmm. the full package, yeah. Full there's package no way he and I it. love Pat and Oswald, we said it plenty of times on 2017. Sure. We like, but he Patton doesn't Oswalt. need
2: to be in everything, no. he kind of right now is like in everything, <laughs> but it's a little weird,
0: <laughs> yeah. That gets that gets uh, a little rough after a while,
2: yeah. Tyler also asked, also, give us some Madam Web reactions. And Tyler, <laughs> here's my here's my response to that. My Madam Web reaction is you can pay $1 on patreoncom slash Waffle Web Snappers for Spider Bite number 61 uh, colon Madam Web, which is about an hour and a half of Doug and I uh, talking about the movie Madam Web. Yeah. Um, I don't feel bad saying that because I think Tyler would appreciate me being a sarcastic asshole. Um, but we did we did do a very can, long, yeah. um, we did do a very long Patreon episode on that, and I mean it's I think we have a I have a lot of I had a lot of fun recording that one because yeah. I think we had a lot of thoughts. I know I think it's <laughs> the thing about Adam Webb is that it already has reached a point in the discourse cycle where first of all, there's discourse about Madam web at all. But the point where it's people just being like, no, you guys are just being too mean. And let's just like, I don't, f- whatever. It was a bad movie. Who cares? It's a you bad movie. Just like, don't see it and move on. Like, I yeah. don't, that's my advice. Like, I don't think it's even, I don't think it's worth saying it. to Look, make, I don't think it's worth paying to see it, to make fun of it. To be honest, yeah. I think it's Pay uh, $1 you,
0: to hear us talk about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Unless you are specifically making content about it. If you want to do that, yeah, that's fine. But I mean, I like we could have done without doing a Madame Web episode, and it would have been fine. I'm glad that we did because I had fun. Yeah. Recording it, I think that we had a lot of fun things to say. But you know, whatever, look, Don't our, see something
0: else. I think our reputation is of two guys who give things a fair shot. Okay, so like it's a bad movie. We're not just saying it because it's like trendy to say it. It's just, it's not yeah. a good movie. It's a, uh, yeah, I'll give you one thing that I don't think actually was in that Patreon episode. I think it was a conversation we were having after we recorded. Uh-huh. Um, I do think we have come maybe to an agreement that it is the worst Spider-Man related movie. That isn't a TV movie. Yeah. And if yeah. you include the TV movies it still might be a tie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we're not sh- yeah, this the 77 Spider Amazing Spider-Man pilot I
0: is think not a good we, movie.
2: It's not a good movie, but I think that we had trouble comparing the two. Yeah. Um cuz they're they fail in different ways and one yeah. is a big budget blockbuster and one was a TV movie in 1977. So it's hard to compare. Yeah. But that um, gives you an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean,
0: don't think that was in the episode, so I'll I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah
0: but yeah, it's bad. It's a bad yeah, movie. That's all you know. <laughs> um, Zarth asked on discord. Ooh, Zarth! I had to stop myself because I love this question. I've got a lot here and I could have kept going, um, mm-hmm. over the course of watching all these Spider-Man series, which characters would you have wanted expanded upon and, or ship explored in a fan fiction medium safe for work or otherwise? Um, <laughs> a lot of these are things we have talked about on the show, uh, but if you haven't heard us talk about it, because it's spread over many years of podcasting, um, it is no secret I am a big fan of Spectacular Peter and Liz, so I would happily take some AU fic where they they stayed together, or even just stories of when they were together. I think their dynamic is so much fun. I will ship Liz and Peter in Spectacular all day long. Sorry, Gwen. Sorry, Mary Jane. It's Liz for me. <laughs>
1: Sure. so I that's that one an for answer,
0: sure yeah. <laughs> um, we also at one point I'm pretty sure talked about all the girls from Spectacular hanging out and just yeah. getting to witness that interaction Yes, if someone, if someone wrote that I would read it for sure mm-hmm. um, Unlimited I would literally take any fan fiction that is about Peter Naoko Shane and Hector like that foursome just that dynamic of like Naoko and her like yeah. ex-husband I guess Um, or at least Shane's father, if, if they don't have a more defined relationship and then Peter kind of being an outside factor in that, that you could do various things with, Uh um, I think it'd be be really fun.
2: Peter, don't you already have a girlfriend slash wife waiting on your regular
0: earth right now? (laughs) Exactly.
2: And you're getting in the middle of this? Huh? Weird dude.
0: Weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 2017, we've gotten damn near nothing about Peter and Harry in the second season so far. So I, I am starved for our boys, uh, Peter and Harry content. Somebody did actually even draw us a comic, uh, inspired by one of our conversations where we were, uh, interpreting their relationship as more than friendship, which I thought was a very fun moment for the one of my favorite so cool. podcast moments for sure.
2: Yeah, that's a couple of years ago now, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, because that, yeah, really that was cool. when we were
0: covering first, like the first season. The first
2: season. Yeah. Um,
0: so I would take anything, anything. What is what is Harry doing? What are the conversations they're having? Or what are the conversations they're not having? And how is Peter reacting to that? I just it's not in the show. And I want it so bad. Um, We've spoken ad nauseum about our 1967 exclusive Sinister Six, recently added the Skymaster to the equation. Uh, So I would love that. I would love that story. I would love all sorts of stories about that Sinister Six. Uh, And I would love the entire... You know, the entire decades-long history of Skymaster <laughs> and how he became one of the most formidable enemies in the Marvel Universe, crossing several titles and destroying several superheroes along the way. Wow. Those are my safe-for-work ones, for sure.
2: <laughs> I don't know that I... Ha- I feel like you... Covered everything. Like I de- genuinely don't know that I have an answer. to This
0: <laughs> it's honestly wild. I don't write fan fiction because I feel like yeah, all I do on this show is talk time. about fan fiction I want to write or read yeah. at least.
2: <laughs> I wish you had a solid list of all the fan fiction ideas that you've thrown out before.
0: There's, there's, I'm sure so many more. So many,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, no, I literally don't know. Like I was, I was thinking some of the characters you were. <laughs> I have to have sorry anymore. i just That's was okay. so
0: excited about this question it came out in the discord ama um channel like before zarth even knew we were doing an ama so yeah. i've been thinking about it for a long time um and had to sort of stop myself at a certain point uh because i just i feel like i could probably keep going especially if i listened back or thought back to some of the stuff we had we had explored yeah um, maybe
2: peter and indy in an alternate universe where she's ooh. not in a coma
0: Ooh, yes. Give me the alternate universe where she's not in a coma, please. Yeah.
2: Or she like comes out of her coma, coma like five minutes afterwards and is like, actually, I'm fine.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and nothing changes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I do. I, I, I love Mary Jane, but I, I also really like when these shows get to explore other dynamics and mm-hmm. it feels like a good one. I feel like Liz and Peter is extremely sweet. I feel like Peter and Indy is extremely sweet. Um yeah. it doesn't feel like it's taking away from other things that could happen, I think, at least for me. I agree. Um, so not say for worse stuff. I honestly like I, I don't think there's much that we've talked about. I mean, aside from just being like yeah, These they're fucking. Should fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the um, only things I could really think of is I'm pretty sure in Spectacular at one point, I Adrian Toomes never does anything for me, but I do feel like we talked about Doc Ock and Adrian Toomes in the episode where they're like tuxed out. Mm. Um, because Doc Ock is so weird with those women that he brings to that party, but I'm like, you're not straight. This is not a straight man. (laughs) Like you two are like, I don't think it's romantic. I don't think it's love, but I think the two of you got up to some kinky shit. Um, and I think it is a very Dom, you know, Adrian sub situation and (laughs) and I'm not going to lie. If I had the opportunity to peek, I'm curious, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I love that. Um, I feel like there could be plenty of furry porn written from Spider Man Unlimited. I mean, oh many shows, yeah. many shows, but especially Spider Man Unlimited because you've got like Jameson Man Wolf, you've got all the uh, the lights of Wonder Gore. I feel like could all be fucking each other. They're gonna oh, be, I, mean, for I sure. don't some of them definitely are, but yeah, but I mean, you know, all of those can be fucking Lady each other, Vermin. Be really Holy
0: shit. can you imagine?
2: Lady Vermin has been with all three everyone, of those
0: and I love it.
2: Yeah. Her absolutely yeah give me the um, lady
0: vermin lady ursa uh yeah thick
2: <laughs> i think i th- you know that probably is like the most fun dynamic out of all four of them really Truly. If you think about it
0: yeah um i feel like she would put sir ram in his place in a way that i would like to see and i would yeah. enjoy witnessing because that dude fucking yeah. sucks yeah yeah um oh max modell's um grad school orgies oh my
2: god yes all of his grad school orgies because you know he had so many of them
0: absolutely it's so clear in that first season that he has a sexual history with every genius in new york city (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
2: i'd be curious what the tiny guy from tiny guy and a regular size size guy in spider man gets up to that's a
0: great one yeah what's his story yeah (laughs) What's he doing when he's is not trying he, to take over the world?
2: Like, is he the only one like him? Are Ooh. there people his size, or is he the only one like him? Which means that he's like, because there are people who'd be into the size different stuff. That's so, true. You know, uh, that's true. You know, oh my god,
0: he's a micro. He's a micro. <laughs>
2: I almost. Yeah. No, he, can't, yeah. no he, he counts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like you know, yeah. There's there's plenty of plenty of options. Yeah. 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 There, I threw some out. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, you Good came. Stuff. You came armed and
0: ready. <laughs> like I said, this question has been sitting in the channel, and I've been resisting answering it in the channel. Yeah. Um. Because, and maybe I'll answer more as I think of them, Zarth. Because this question is very exciting to me. It's only when you asked it that I realized just how much, over the course of five years, we have talked about what could be an enormous Spider-Man animated fanfic canon
2: <laughs> uh, yeah uh-huh yeah yeah i've thought about trying to compile if we had like if we were a bigger podcast we would have you know how some podcasts have like wikis that yeah. fans keep some oh fan God. obsessive fan would have a wiki have have a wiki page about all of our head cannons and fan especially doug's fanfic ideas
0: <laughs> yeah the the head cannons would be its own thing uh, like separate, and then it would, there would be one specifically, or maybe it's a sub a subcategory on the headcanons, just of like Doug's unwritten fanfics. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's the dream. If someone ever did that, you'd be my favorite human on the planet. <laughs>
2: If that's, that's the true mark of like real success is right. Like you,
0: have you, a, have a wiki. you have a wiki. <laughs> yeah. You a have a half wiki. populated wiki. That's frustrating to look yeah. at.
2: And it doesn't, it doesn't even need to, yeah, it doesn't even have to you know, have much on there, but just that it's created and has that one page on there is enough for
0: me. Oh man. <laughs> it's so good. Zarth also asks.
2: I think this is going to be a a quicker answer, probably. Uh, Zarth also uh, said, may I recommend checking out Transformers Prime? Mm. It's got continuity, goes surprisingly hard, and has undeniably thirsty robots. I've definitely never seen it. Me neither. Um, It's from 2010, so I, I mean that was way too late for me to be watching to be watching um like transformers cartoons probably um, so i don't think i've even crossed paths with it or know it existed but sure i'll take your word for it there are a lot of transformers cartoons that i've heard are really good that i've never seen because i haven't seen the majority of them really outside of like you know the original and beast wars pretty much I Um,
0: haven't even seen the original. Beast Wars is truly my only exposure to Transformers cartoons. I've seen a lot of the original. I know, like, very, maybe surprisingly, I don't know, little about Transformers.
2: I've seen a lot of the original. I've seen Beast Wars. I've seen Beast Machines. And I've seen, there's one that came out not long after Beast Machines. I think that was just Hmm. a traditional Transformers show, but I don't remember what it was called. Um, But I watched some of that, and I thought it was fine, but I don't remember being super into it. Um, Transformers has never been a huge fandom for me. Um, yeah. I, other than Beast Wars, I love Beast Wars to death, but.
0: And for yeah. no reason other than it's just missed me. Like I just have yeah. never, I, yeah. I, I feel like it could go either way. I feel like I could potentially get very into it or I mm-hmm. could just never really vibe with it. This is good to know though, Zarth, because if I ever do decide to check it out, it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, us relatively well. So this yeah. sounds like maybe where I'd start.
2: This is the one. Yeah. That this is the one to go to. Sure. I think yeah. so. Cause there's plenty of series that are, I know they're all on their own continuity and you like cars yeah. a lot so you know right <laughs> up your alley. Yep. yep.
0: yeah where's the wait where is the they have to have at some point made pixar cars transformers if not officially some sort of like pixar cars that transform into a robot right like the toys of them they must have
2: Probably something like that. It has to I'm have I'm sure there's some I mean I mean, Transformers oh. doesn't have a trademark on transformations, so
0: No, they don't. So it doesn't have to be like official Transformers or yeah. whatever. Um I just thought of another collectible. I know this is jumping back. I thought of a collectible okay. that I really, really want. There oh. have you seen the Pixar like Megazord thing? Have you seen this? No. It's like what? a megazord, like a robot megazord made up of various Pixar characters. That are also little robots. It's amazing. It might all huh. I, I might all be Toy Story. I'm not sure. I don't remember. That's but it cool. is it is like a Pixar Megazord. It's so fucking cool.
2: That reminds me of like the um. There's a uh, there's a basically like a Megazord of the like. I forget what the guy's name is, but the guy who does, who did all, the, who does all, like all the Shin things. So all of his things, oh, his yeah. main things. So it was it was a combination of Evangelion, Shin Godzilla, oh my Shin God. uh, Shin uh, Ultraman, Shin Common Rider. Um, is that it? That might I think be it's it. Four. I think it's four. I right think now. it's those. And all of that combining into a robot, and it's so stupid. Like Godzilla's head is in the center of the chest. Like it's so ridiculous, but it's like also like kind of cool and hilarious.
0: The, honestly, that should be more. That that should be a, more common. I, I yeah. is I would love to see it for so many things.
2: Yeah, combine just random shit. It's funny yeah. and fun. Why yeah, not?
0: give me a fucking Shrek Megazord. Like <laughs> hell yeah, <You laughs> that know I mean? probably like, exists. <laughs> yeah, like it'd be amazing. You know.
2: Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> Um, Steamboat Cooper at House Redmain on Twitter asked if you could make a crossover event. With any Spider-Man and something else, what would you cross over with and which Spider-Man would you pick? God,
2: fuck, I meant to think about this and I don't totally I know, forgot. this is like
0: the one question I didn't really yeah. prepare a solid thing for. I mean, like the first things I thought of are all the things that we sort of talk about, but like yeah. I actually don't really want to see Spider-Man and Godzilla crossover. I don't think no, it would be that. a good match. No, and then and Spider-Man and stuff like that already. Right. So. And Spider-Man and Power Rangers I don't think is really a great match unless yeah. you did the Toei one with not Power Rangers, yeah. but actual okay. Sentai.
2: Yeah, here's the yeah here's the caveat. I think I mean, first of all, Godzilla literally it was in like Marvel Comics at one point, like officially. Right. So technically, Spider Man and Godzilla have met, so I, that's off the table anyway. But to- Toei Spider Man, I think if you make that the thing, Toei Spider Man crossing over with Godzilla, Toei Spider Man crossing over with Power Rangers, um, both of those like A plus. Like I I honestly kind of think. That and I'm sure it's 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 a crazy licensing thing between right. Marvel and Toei, but I feel like the Toei Spider-Man is a great would be a great thing to utilize, um, because I think that you could utilize that character in so many fun, cool ways. That I think, I don't think he's as niche as he used to be, and mm-hmm. I but I think that he's a character that could also become more popular the more that he's used, especially if he ends up in the next Spider Verse movie. Dude. Um, I think it would be so easy for people to be sold on how fucking cool this guy is. It's a Japanese Spider-Man with a giant robot. Like, you can't go wrong with that. And I think that that's so much.
0: The emissary of hell.
2: The emissary of hell. And that's so much more (laughs) compelling, I think, for people who, even if they never fucking watch an episode of the show, they don't give a shit about Tokugusatsu. And Enough people think that that aesthetic is so weird and cool that I think that they would. People who might not be interested in a Spider-Man whatever would think that that's cool and be interested in that. So, um, you know, if you're going to do these, these like ridiculous mashups and stuff, like I think that's the character you have to yeah. go with because um, it's such a different flavor than just here's a superhero teaming up with another superhero Spider-Man Ninja Turtles or whatever. I don't give a shit, but here's yeah. Spider-Man with a giant robot fighting big monsters. Sure. Hell yeah. Hell
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that's I think that's that's probably the best answer we're gonna come up with. Yeah. Is Toe Spider Man with some, some sort of Japanese superhero or kaiju situation. I, I it would be really interesting to see them try to do to incorporate Spider Man into some sort of common writer story or like there's definitely a way you could do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be really fun. I mean, common riders, many of them are just bug men, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bugs um, and bugs. So you that. could you could play it for all sorts of a comedy if you wanted to, but um, yeah, yeah, I think that. Now that's at the top of my list. I think. Yeah, I think that's even the if best it was answer. only in comic form, I would I would be here for it.
2: Absolutely, yeah, I think that'd be a cool comic. Um, the only other thoughts that I was thinking of—it's not a complete thought—but like Jessica Drew from Spider Woman in some kind of like workplace, like like workplace sitcom <laughs> at, at, a, at a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Like I actually think like a live action Spider Woman show, maybe even in the vein of like She Hulk or something that's like kind of like you know sort of self-aware or whatever where it's jessica drew especially that jessica drew from the cartoon not so much from the comics but yeah, yeah. that cartoon jessica drew yeah. trying to work at what was the magazine called the daily justice or just justice magazine justice magazine yeah. working at justice magazine and making it a workplace sitcom <laughs> so you have your like you know you have in- instead of it just being like you know jessica and jeff going to places you know and battling you know alligators or whatever yeah. it's like Like she's dealing with, you know, I mean, she's dealing with annoying bullshit while also trying to be a superhero
0: off screen. Okay, here's my question for you then: Say the Spider Woman workplace sitcom at Justice Magazine happens in the '90s. Who Mm. is the, you know, network, you know, network show Mm. that a character crosses over into Spider Woman's show, and who is it?
2: I mean, it depends on the network that she's on is the thing.
0: I mean, you can choose, you know, just the idea of that happening. Mm. Um, What was happening in the 90s?
2: What kind of work was who worked at who worked in the media in some capacity in the 90s in a sitcom?
0: So I don't know. I think Murphy Brown probably was in Mm. the 90s at some point. Right. Or was that? 80s? Oh no! I'll give you Did that hit about, the 90s. Um, it had to have hit the 90s. I
2: don't remember. probably maybe early 90s. I don't remember how deep into the 90s that got. But I mean, Murphy Brown's a good AM? one. But I think Fraser because he's a Fraser. He has a radio show, and he gets okay. inter- He yeah. gets interviewed for Justice Magazine for for his radio show or something. Um, okay. Yeah. I would like to hear Fraser commentating. I would love to hear Fraser commenting on like Spider-Woman antics. I oh my God. Really funny.
0: Well, I mean, it honestly, like, I feel like that would be one of those crossovers that isn't just a guest spot on one show. It would feel like both shows. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like you would get the segment of Frazier, like talking about, or in some way intersecting with the idea of Spider-Man first on his yeah. call in radio show, you know, yeah. and that like before he actually meets her. Cause I'm sure he would feel some type of way about her. Yeah. Um, one, I just learned that David Spade and I have the same birthday, which is new just shoot news me. to me. Thank you. I was going to say what is the show that David Spade is yeah, on?
2: Cuz they literally work at a magazine.
0: Yep. And A-plus. there's a photographer that you could got easily, it. yeah. I think that would that would be that would You be know what?
2: To- no. You could just make just shoot me a Spider-Woman show. All those characters I feel like you kind of slot around cuz you have um um Enrique could be Jeff. I think it's his. Car- is that his character's name or the actor' na- actor's name? What? No. Oh my god! The guy who's the photographer is his name Enrique in
0: Spider Woman. No, no, no. Jeff. And-
2: Jeff oh. is the photographer. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Josh me character. I like that actor, but I can't remember the actor's name. I think he's really hot. Oh high. shit. Um, and err uh, my god. Enrico oh, the photographer? Enrico Enrico is the name. Enrico Cole he and he plays Elliot. That was getting the two Pretty e's sure he's, confused.
0: Elliot, that's right. Yeah, he is hot, yeah. especially on that show.
2: Yeah, Enrico Cole and Tony. He he mean he would be in the Jeff role because he's a photographer. Um right. and I think he did, didn't he court Laura San Como? in that show I think that he did didn't he because she would be mm. spider woman because she's technically the lead could in that be. show other people kind of overshadow yeah. her but she was technically the lead who's trying to get shit done and get stuff together she would be Jessica Drew the yeah. photographer that's trying to quarter but like doesn't always get things right um David Spade is basically yeah. Billy um and and, <laughs> and other characters are just you know we could fill it in as, like Wendy Malick fill I out the Justice Magazine Jesus, yeah she fell at out Justice Magazine because it's only those three that are there in the show
0: Oh, that's right. Brian Posen was in that. That's Posen? right. Posehn. I don't I actually know how to uh, say his po- name.
2: Uh, Posein, I believe. Gotcha. Rebecca
0: Romaine. Movies. Shit. Yes. That show was just a bunch of hot people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not as... Uh, I don't have a fully fleshed out thought. I'm just realizing how many shows in the 90s had something to do with a magazine. Yeah. Because in Living Single... Did you... I can't remember if you watched Living Single or not right, really with Queen Latifah and though. Kim Cole. Okay. Um... Queen Latifah is the editor at Flava Magazine. That's another – like, it's not a workplace comedy, but there are workplace comedy segments when she is Mm -hmm. at work um, trying to run the magazine. So, damn, there are a lot of options, actually. I didn't realize how many options there were when I said 90s. It just felt right, you know?
2: Yeah, that was the hot thing to work in a magazine at 90s, I guess. I mean, in the 90s, I guess. Uh,
0: I did a very brief – like high school internship or high school work experience or something Mm -hmm. at a magazine. And I was so convinced I was going to work at a magazine as a result of that. I think that everyone in that time period thought that they were going to work at a magazine at some point. That was like the dream job. I feel like if you were writing, if you were doing any sort of graphic design, if you're doing any sort of photographer, I would have loved,
2: I would have loved to be a feature writer at a magazine. I think that, I mean, that's kind of a thing that I wanted to do. I mean, I did want to go into journalism in some capacity. I was studying it in in college. Um, It was either going to be a, and I wanted to be a feature writer rather than a news writer specifically. And it's more likely to do that in a magazine than it is a news at a newspaper. But of course, you know, we came of age right when magazines fell and died. And then it was the internet, which pays you, know, you nothing. And those websites collapsed too. So, Hey, yep. there now here we are. But yeah, yeah. in the nineties, I think we were sort of trained to believe like what an amazing, creative, fun, job well we had a bunch of tv shows full of hot people that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i think tv trained us to think that and also they always had the biggest apartments ever so it's like yeah you make a ton of money as a writer Mm -hmm. for a famous magazine in new york and that's how you live that's that's uh, that's the life
0: yeah i uh i wanted to do layouts i was gonna go to that was that was my yeah when i when i worked at uh worked at i say like i actually worked there when i did my work experience or whatever Mm -hmm. at the magazine that was when it clicked that I was like, I can convince my dad that going into graphic design actually can get me a job I, because yeah. they have graphic designers that work at magazines. You know, mm-hmm. it was like such a, such a aha moment. And no, I didn't yeah. even go into that, but one of my
2: <laughs> favorite parts of doing the campus newspaper in college was like, Oh shit. Helping with the layout. Yeah. Hell I was yeah. a man. I was a managing editor. Um, and Tommy was editor in chief um, for our senior year. Actually. Nice. I don't know um, if I
0: knew that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I worked there. I worked there for, definitely my junior senior year. i think i worked there my sophomore year too um but went from you know writer to news editor to managing editor and that was great i loved it nice yeah it was a lot what of work. A fun but it was pool fun. of
0: experience mm-hmm. we both wanted to work at magazines but for different reasons you did mm-hmm. newspaper in college i did radio in college like all sorts of fun sort of things that could be 90s workplace yeah. things
2: we should start our own magazine? Question, question mark? mark Is that what this is
0: leading to? What <laughs> <laughs> uh, people do this do is the landscape
2: <laughs> people, but not a, not like a big one. But people do do like independent like zines yeah. and oh yeah. and like small magazines that like you know release like quarterly or something like four times a year. Um, that's like for a niche audience, like. Mm-hmm for people specifically who like having physical magazines and don't have that anymore. Yeah. And then you can, or, and then you send out PDF copies. to Other people like that. Honestly, like that is a legit, it wouldn't be your day job. No, but like, that is a legit a passion project. That is a legit thing that people do. Like that is still, it is still possible to technically work at a magazine, just yeah. not in the way that they did in nineties sitcoms. No. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> I, um, didn't realize until just now that working at a magazine was such a fantasy. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I wanted to, but I didn't realize that that's what was being sold to us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It really Hmm. seemed like a possibility.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: really felt like I could do that. Same time.
0: That's huh. Yep. Wow. Wow. That went cool places. Uh, Yeah. So thanks for the question.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Not what I expected. Yeah. Uh, Next question. Scott in his thirties at Digiranger ranger 1994 on Twitter asked, what are your expectations for the Pokemon Day Presents? Interesting com- you
0: should ask, because we were just having this conversation in our raid chat. Yeah, and
2: that <laughs> we're recording this a week before this episode comes out. The Presents is literally next week, right?
0: Yeah, so this episode will be out uh, at like basically the exact same time that <laughs> Presents is happening.
2: All right, cool. See how long like, we Patreon are. Patreon <laughs> people
0: will hear it first, but whatever. Sure, sure. You'll hear it mm. in time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I you know I got really distracted today during the day, so I didn't read through everything y'all sure. were saying in the, so, in the Pokemon group chat. I so mean, I'm not sure the, what you're gonna say?
0: The big conversation is just like, will they like, will they reveal anything big? And I think it is absolutely like ridiculous to expect them to announce anything that is a a core game. Like they should not, and I don't think they will even mention. Gen 10, it's ridiculous. Scarlet and Violet is still like very much alive, Mm -hmm. um, in certain senses, right? Um, Maybe they'll surprise us with more DLC for that. That's the closest I could think of. But I mean, we got an epilogue. I think it's done. Um, Yeah,
2: I don't need. I don't think I need more DLC for it. I think I'm ready to be like. I think that in order to eventually transition away from scarlet and violet we've got to stop to playing like, it stop, <laughs> yeah and at, th- at this point i won't and i think that the only thing get me to stop playing it is just going to be like things slowing down and then i don't want another core game i think like you said i think it's still too soon i think that the sooner they announce it the more worried i'm going to be about crunch and yep. not delivering a good product because yep. everybody knows that scarlet and violet was a shit show performance wise and needed right. time to be fixed and i think that they have a stop gap because they've already created the idea of a legends game with like with arceus legends you can do another legends game that like runs on the same engine that isn't making a huge leap and isn't necessarily as big right but you're not building from feels, the ground up necessarily right But still fills the void and does something totally different. And I think that, I mean, I think personally, I think like Arceus Legends was like, is like way better than Scarlet and Violet is in a lot of ways. Even though I put more hours into Scarlet and Violet. Sure. I think that like, in terms of how that game functions, like the story of that game and like just all the mechanics of it and the originality of it, like that game is a superior one. So I would like to see another one in that vein. And then they can sort of, I don't know uh tighten up some screws and and kind of innovate a little bit more with it and then take what they learned from that game and put that into the next generation core game yeah. rather than what i assume happened with the previous generation where they were sort of them at the same time and i don't think scarlet and violet were able to like learn the right learn lessons from arceus because they were probably happening at the same time because there's stuff that worked really well in arceus that they did not carry over into scarlet and violet that they should have yeah um and and if they can sort of do that in a good timeline, I feel like then you could get two incredibly good games out of it on a like nice timeline.
0: Yeah. I think Legends was probably the consensus in the chat. Um, yeah. The other thing that people have been talking all sorts about is something related to black and white, whether that's a black and white remake um, or just something in the realm of Unova. Um, I don't think we're going to get a black and white remake announcement. Really? I don't think. Well, I don't think. I think we'll get it eventually. Okay. I don't know that we're going to get an announcement this Pokemon Day for it. I I think my expectations are kind of low. I think it's all going to be stuff that is like there'll probably be some Unite news in there. There'll probably be some Masters EX news in there. Probably Pokemon be something Go. with Pokemon Go. Like that'll sure. all be present. Something with Cafe Remix. Um, and then maybe there will be some game we're not expecting that isn't a core game or one of the big spinoffs we yeah. make. So like. Are they finally going to make a proper mystery dungeon for Switch because the only one they have is a remake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, will they surprise us with like another new Pokemon snap? That would be sick. Um, but I feel like if they announce anything on the Switch, it'll be something we're just not like nothing we're guessing. Yeah, um, I think it's What fair. I would like it to be uh-huh. is home integrated Game Boy Advance Pokemon games on the Switch. <laughs> Yeah. I will pay stupid amounts of money for um, it if you give us home integrated Game Boy Advance games. I just want to play Emerald on my Switch and transfer my Pokemon into home. It's <laughs> yeah. all I fucking so,
2: want. <laughs> here's my question for you. Yeah. So I know there's the thing on Switch now where you can play Game Boy, up to Game Boy Advance games. You can yeah. play a subscription or whatever. None of the Pokemon games are on. None of the main Pokemon games are Correct. on there, right? Correct. Yeah. It's all so, like yeah.
0: TCG or Pokemon games or things that's, like that.
2: That's kind of all I want like that's that's all I, I don't care about I mean like I, I would Same. rather wait for new games because there's so many games that I never got to play and yeah. I and I can't right now without unless I play an emulator on my computer which I don't really want to do I'd rather play it on a, on a on a game console I'd rather play it on my right. switch um And so there's a lot of generations that I missed and I would just, I would be willing to pay for them. And I also want to replay the stuff that I used to have that I don't anymore. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I would, I would love to play like, uh, you know, Ruby Sapphire. I actually never played through Emerald. I want to play that. I haven't played it either. Um, Yeah. And I never played, and I never played the remakes of them. Um, So yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay. I would rather, I would rather get all of those than getting a remake of black and white because, I mean, if they include black and white with that, I know that's not Game Boy Advance, but then I could just play the regular black and white, there you know. Go. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I agree. I'll that, spend plenty of money just to be able to play the old games that there's literally no way to yeah. play right now without, you know, without unless you get like the the specific like. I, I've I've seriously thought about getting like, you know, what is it like, like the Raspberry Pi or the, uh, what was the oh, other sure. one? Those, those little analog consoles that are made to yeah. specifically play old Game Boy games and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, instead of putting down another $200 for another handheld console, you could just put them on switch. Cause you fucking own all of them. So just put That's them on That's the there.
0: thing. It's been my number one want for years now is just let us pay for the games at, a set price from you like stop making us drop hundreds of dollars on black too, uh because they're scarce like just let us pay for them I will pay for them <laughs> like like I said a stupid amount of money I will pay a dumb amount of money just to get Emerald home integrated on my switch yeah I know a lot of people are like oh put it on Nintendo switch online and I'm like they're not gonna do that they're gonna make you pay for it and yeah. I don't care I will pay yeah, for that's it
2: that's fine I'll pay for it Analog Pocket was the thing that I was thinking about. Uh, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like a little game. Yeah, I I've, I've,
0: think Katie I've, has maybe an analog console. I'll have to ask them.
2: Yeah. I mean, and even then, it's still not super easy because you're still going to have to get the games for it. But it, but like that's a start. But it's like, instead yeah. of going through all that effort, I would love to buy them from you right now. From you, yeah. major company.
0: I'm I'm trying to
2: give you my money. What's the problem?
0: (laughs) Seriously, that's what. That's uh, that would I would shit my pants way harder and messier than if they announced a Legends game or anything related to a new generation. that's That's truly what I want because you
2: know that there's going to be a new game regardless at some point. It doesn't matter when this. It's like I don't know if it's ever going to happen. So make it happen right now, please.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and if you time them out, you can buy yourself a lot of time from fans. Yeah. So, nope. Yep. Yep. Um, but my expectations aren't super high. I don't think it's the right time for them to announce anything sure. big unless it's something we can't predict. I think that's fine. Um, Breadmaker2000 at Breadney Wheat on Twitter asked, have either of you guys watched any anime recently and or read any comic books? Really want to ask more questions, but my mind is drawing a blank at the moment. Don't worry. Uh, you can ask whenever you want, uh, especially over on, on Discord. We'll find them because they're all kind of in one channel there um and we got a lot of questions so this is a good one yeah. no one else asked
2: yeah yes yes uh i love what you're asking i've been watching more anime recently than i ever used to i don't know what's going on um I'm just i only know one weeb. that
0: you've been watching I'm recently turning
2: into a weeb now i guess um for yeah you? um diligent delicious in dungeon slash dungeon Meshi. watching yeah that i need great. to start
0: watching that because i fucking love the manga and i've been hearing only good things about the anime
2: I watched the dub, and the dub's fantastic. Like, I'm sure the, the in yes. Japanese it's great too. But like, it no, is that's such great to hear. It is such a good dub. The casting on that dub is so fucking amazing. Like, unreal how good it is, and everybody's like oh, comedic timing. Isn't um,
0: senshi, um uh, Sung one? Uh, yeah, isn't it pro yeah. Prozd, that's yep, amazing. He's that, that makes me so happy.
2: Excellent, and he's obviously like he's the standout character that all all the fan art is of him. And like mm-hmm. and I think part of that is because his performance is really good. Like he really Hell clearly yeah. gets the character. Um yeah. it's it's so fucking good. It's so, so good and so charming and so delightful and just like a it's like a it's like a it's so low stakes, you know? Like it's just I mean, it's not. There is there's yeah I mean, you know, but it is at the same but it's like it's light it's like lighthearted with it and it, it like kind of I love the uh yeah. the creative perspective on dungeons and dragons like the like i love the idea that like kobolds are like dog people and orcs are like pig people (laughs) like that shit is so fucking um clever yeah and 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 so inspired and i love seeing that and just yeah all the characters are really good i i i want to read the manga now because it's going too slow and i know i'm sure that with netflix it'll be you know wrapped up in like 13 episodes or something and it'll be and you'll have to wait like four years because i (sighs) i mean I that's how I got into B stars, and I don't know when I know that there's going to be a third and final season coming at some point I have no fucking idea when I feel like it's been forever already so I'm sure it's going to be the same situation with uh, delicious yeah. and dungeon so I'll probably end up reading the manga for it once the season is over because really
0: fortunately delicious and dungeon is popular so I don't think it will go the route of some of the anime I'm going to mention mm-hmm. where I'm just never going to get more because Netflix is trash uh, yeah. But what, wait, what else have you been watching, if not uh, just I started Delicious Dungeon?
2: I started Pluto. Um, I don't know what that uh, is. That is a – that's also on Netflix. Okay. It's, um, so it's, it's an adaptation of the manga Pluto, which itself was sort of a kind of darker and edgier adaptation of an Astro Boy storyline. So it's specifically oh. a – Yeah, it's like sort of like a like a neo-noir. It's sort of in that sort of futuristic time where there's, uh, you know, a lot of robots living in the world and they all have a lot of like emotional intelligence. Um, So there's a lot of just conversations about, you know, artificial intelligence in general. But the main plot is like a robot detective trying to solve a bunch of. Robot murders, basically. Ooh, I love um, that. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, yeah, and and I've only seen a, a bit of it so far. I mean, the the episodes are like an hour to over an hour long, which is Holy wild shit. to me. Yeah, so you know they're like little mini movies every time, mm-hmm. um, but they're really good. Like the first episode is so weirdly structured in a way that I love, and like very already like hits you right in the gut. Like it's so emotional, mm-hmm. um, and really point and beautiful. And I'm really enjoying it a lot. Um, it's it's very very good um and i'm watching i mean i know this is an anime but like anime adjacent i've been watching quite a bit of like just random toku stuff recently mm. um i think it's better earlier i've been watching through Cocker ranger i started live man and, and i really like that Ooh. um i watched all of the, this is this has been a, a little while ago now but i i did watch i watched all of the uh, the three common rider movies that occurred during like the period when they weren't making the Common writer show in the yeah. '90s, yeah. like the 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 Common writer Shin, not the 2016 one. We got writer Shin, uh, Zio, and Jay, um, and they were really really fun. I love like that level of '90s like effects, and they're all like kind of gritty and a little gory. All of those movies, okay, because um, they're a little darker. The first one I didn't love, but it's basically like Common Rider. What if Kamen Rider was basically a bug werewolf? Essentially, <laughs> it's really fucked up and gory. I didn't love it because I think it was like a little bit too dark and edgy, sure. but I appreciated it for what it was doing. Um, and it had some stuff that I thought was uh, I, individual things that I love to death about it. My favorite one was Zio. I think that was the perfect fusion of the darkness and fucked up stuff with like still a, like toku fun yeah. and then jay i i liked it like a little bit less than zeo because it was a little bit more they like progressively more more light yeah um but zeo will be the one that i'd recommend out of the three of them but okay i really enjoyed it because I, I haven't i haven't dipped my toes that much into common rider stuff um I, I but think every you... time i would i know but every time i watch any common rider anything I am really into it and I've seen bits of the original I've seen, I have seen like the first episode of Amazon and I've seen like a couple of things here and there. So
0: yeah, well I wasn't just going to say, I think you would be into it. I think you have, you have expertly found exactly which like era and, and mm-hmm. series and pieces of Common Rider you would be into. Cause I don't yeah. know that you would be into what Common Rider is doing right now. Like sure. I, they've kind of lost me and I like yeah. the more modern stuff. You know what I mean? I watched, um, um,
2: I watched the first, cause I, I also, cause I, you know, I plug like the Tokusatsu Thursdays thing. So yeah. I watch a lot of random things to sort of expand my, cause Chris has seen different thing. Cause I do it with him. If you don't yeah. know, um, and he's seen some different stuff than I have. Like he's seen more Ultraman than I have. Mm. Um, but even still, I try to spread out as much as I can. I'm this is my opportunity to just watch random shit, and then it's like yeah. if this really hooks me, I'll watch all of it. If not, I can say I've seen enough of it to justify putting it on the show. Um, yeah. so I explained it. So all that to say, I I have watched. I watched like the first episode of um, Deno. Is it Deno? Is it the train yeah. one? Dan-O's I watched the like the first one. episode of that, and I'm like. This is wild, and I do appreciate this. I don't know that it's my vibe, but I think I, that it's so fucking weird and fun that I do appreciate it. That one's but so like, high
0: on my list to watch. I haven't yeah, gone backwards it is really from fun. double, but I want to because I think I, I would still enjoy the vibe yeah. going back at least a few years or so.
2: I want to watch more of it, but it's also, I think I will watch more of it out of fascination for it rather than it being like this is my shit in the yeah. way that some of like the 90s and even like 70s Common Rider is for me. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, sorry awesome. for uh,
2: completely uh, taking over that question. No, that's great. That's <laughs> great.
0: Uh, I didn't know you were watching a bunch of that stuff, so that I'm glad. I'm glad mm-hmm. you you answered a bunch there. Um, I like I said, I I've been meaning to watch Delicious in Dungeon. I just haven't started it yet. I'm working my way through Mashal, um, mm-hmm. and I just need to finish it. Like I, I'm watching it because a friend recommended it, and I really like it. But I just I keep. This is terrible. I watch it at night when I'm, like, trying to go to bed. I'm like, oh, I can sneak an episode in. But then Mm -hmm. I keep fucking falling asleep like a dumbass. So I just keep (laughs) rewatching the same fucking episode over and over. And I need to just, during the day, just, like, binge the rest of the season. Because it's really fun and funny. It's really, like, silly. It's kind of like a spoof on you're sort of like magical school for wizards type of vibe. Um, But it's like this one guy who doesn't use magic at all. He's just incredibly strong and fast um, and just somehow ends up in this magic school and nobody knows he doesn't have magic. So they play that for comedy and it's just so dumb and stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I'm currently watching. Um, I, I, (laughs) I talked about Netflix being so fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. I, Don't think we're ever going to get it, but I've been waiting so patiently for a second season or any continuation of Blue Period, which is an anime about uh, an art student who is, like, taking exams to get into art school. Uh, (laughs) But it's really, really great. The manga is incredible um, and makes me want to make so much art. Um, I just don't think we're ever going to get more on Netflix, which is really frustrating. Sucks. I fucking love record of Ragnarok. It's my dumb trash anime. It's so (laughs) stupid and bad and I cannot stop watching it, but they release like five episodes at a time, like every six months or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just want them to finish it. Just finish any anime ever Netflix. Um, But those are some of the things I'm in the middle of or patiently waiting for. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Comics at all. Any comics that you've been reading? I don't, mm, not
2: recently. I'm trying to think of the last time I read. Right?
0: Something that wasn't for the podcast? That wasn't for the podcast. For me, it was Batman and, and the Bane origin, which was like months ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, get, like I read, I read Hollow Heart by Paul Aylor. Oh, cool! I think that's been a long time ago, though. Now that I mm. think about
0: it, I did um, just get the humble bundle for the massive verse, which is like radiant black oh, cool. and inferno red, like that Kyle Higgins created, mm. um, you know, American Toku comic. I'm really yeah. excited to read that. It was like basically everything that had been out to that point, I think, uh, mm-hmm. which is tons and tons of stuff. That includes stuff by Melissa Flores, which is, I'm really excited to read. I think Megan Camarena maybe nice. wrote an issue or something. I'm stoked to read it. I just haven't started.
2: Yeah, that. I just you know it's just I me. Mean, I got I, I from Dragon Con. I found an old Darkman comic oh. that was like a super sized one from the like from the you know from when that movie came out originally. Um, and I never read it, so this has prompted me to just open it up and read it. Like I brought it home and then just did not open it up. So I'll finally read that. You found and I your a, shit. <laughs> and I, I did buy, and I bought a book of like Godzilla comics from the nineties too. The one for Godzilla goes back in time and six to Titanic. I know Excuse that that happens. In it. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, I haven't actually, but I haven't read, I haven't read through all of them yet. Oh my um, gosh. Oh So I, I need to actually get back into reading that one. Cause I know, I, I know that that happens and I've seen the pages, but I haven't actually read that comic. I'm sure it's stupid. I'm guessing uh, it's a difficult
0: thing to get your hands on. Or uh, maybe not.
2: No, it was this was I mean, this was a, a book of like a trade. Okay. Like, uh, I guess it was probably an omnibus of like Godzilla, I think Dark Horse comics. That was oh, a whole okay. compilation of a whole run of them from the 90s. So, like, that wasn't a hard thing to get my hands on. I don't know if that, that book is still in print because I bought it, like, you know, I bought it used from a comic book store. but,
0: but um, that means I might be able to get it from the library, which means maybe we could do, we could do a Patreon, a Spider Bite, Megabyte godzilla bite kaiju bite i don't know we'll have to, th- we'll have we to did, workshop that we did super bites for superman but that was a little easier
2: <laughs> yeah well we can workshop that yeah yeah i'll i'll shoot you what it is and maybe we can figure yeah. it out if we want to do that or
0: cool what. cool yeah 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 awesome
2: uh what's next all right gavin so the mixed reviews account asked this question but i'm pretty sure gavin runs it so i'm going to attribute this question to gavin sure um this seems like a very gavin question too uh another another member of of glitter jaw so mm-hmm. thank you uh for being a great podcast truly. podcast truly <laughs> if you like movies it's
0: stupid <laughs> that you're not listening to mixed reviews if you're not listening yeah. to mixed reviews
2: seriously seriously um so gavin asks more of a screan question please thank you we want love a screan question uh but have either of you read justice league versus godzilla versus kong if so thoughts if not would you prefer they not get mixed up with superheroes um i'll save that second part uh well no i'll read the rest of it because this is funny is there is there anyone else you'd rather see them fight or have tea with or play board games with
0: Interpreting that as spill tea with um. yeah,
2: um, so uh, I have not read though that comic. I don't, I don't think I heard very good things about it. But also oh, okay. the f- fandoms are annoying, so True. that's probably what I'm hearing it from. I know people were complaining about like oh, I think Godzilla kills Superman in it or something dumb. Uh, so I don't know. It seems like I don't know. I, I you know personally, yeah. I guess I don't think I have ever really been that interested in those types of crossover mashups. Like I never actually read like the power rangers versus ninja turtles or power rangers versus godzilla for that say, matter. they Comics. did it with power rangers yeah yeah and i don't know i mean it's always been a thing like oh that's cool i'll read it at some point and i never do and never make it a priority and like don't feel like i've missed out when i don't read them sure so i don't know if they're good or not um but i don't know how much i care
0: i i guess. I haven't read the one you're you're mentioning, the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I feel like I might have the Godzilla Power Rangers one somewhere, but I don't think I read it. Pa- I will say Power Rangers, of all the sort of superhero properties you could cross over with Godzilla, that does feel like the most natural because they already fight yeah. kaiju-sized monsters. Um, I don't know that I need it, but I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it um, makes sense. More so than I think I do typical American superheroes. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I'm I'm not inherently against it, but I I have a harder time feeling like there's a a cohesion there. And I haven't read this one, so I don't know how they tackle the justice league, uh, doing it, but I mean, unless you are using one of your superheroes who can grow, like the scale seems really strange. I know power Rangers has toyed with, um, just like regular Rangers out of Zords juxtaposed with Kaiju sized monsters. Um, But again, that feels really specific. So not inherently against it, but I don't have enough experience to to have like a strong opinion, I think.
2: Yeah, I think my thing is like, I feel like I like when superheroes who don't normally fight kaiju fight kaiju in their world and those kaiju can be like analogs. For ones we're familiar with, you know, like, oh, like they can yeah. fight a Godzilla type. Not literally Godzilla,
0: thing. something inspired by Godzilla. I
2: think when it becomes those actual characters and it's like, well, now there's like weird baggage attached to it. Because like now I have a lot of questions about the story of the Godzilla that they're fighting, Um
0: <laughs> you know, well, like here's a question you know I mean? for you. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Is it what makes that different than crossing over with King Kong, crossing over with mothra crossing over with, i mean aside from those being big monsters
2: i think because like that's the universe okay. you know what i mean yeah because 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 the thing is i guess i mean i think that that's a fair thing to say though because it's like I, I'm, I'm just I wondering so many godzilla it, movies are across i think it's because that's the universe yeah i think that the dc universe is so its own thing that and the Godzilla universe is so its own thing. Like I know King Kong came from another company like other than Toho, but like they didn't like they made their own version of King Kong right. for the Godzilla universe. Right. And I think the justice league one, when you do these mashup things, it's like usually like they're coming from their own universe and crossing over into that other universe. Yeah. And that feels different to me. Sure. Um, yeah. That and, makes sense. and and that's not to say they don't get it. That's the point of mashups. And I think that people that's bread and butter for people. Um, but for me, I guess it doesn't really do much for me because I don't know that I – I don't feel like there's usually actually like a real story there. You yeah, know? the novelty I feel like, is the crossover. Right, the so novelty like, is the crossover. like if you get a good
0: story out of it, it's like almost a bonus.
2: Yeah, but I just – I usually have low expectations that it's sure. going to be anything more than just like wouldn't it be cool if blank, which mm-hmm. is fine. It's just not really what I care about usually. Yeah.
0: Um, I think I get it largely because – Godzilla and Kaiju is of a particular medium. It's not that they can't work in comics, but they work best in their medium. So when they're in a different medium, it doesn't feel as unique. Right. So,
2: cause to be honest, I don't really love, I'm not huge into like Godzilla comics either. Like I bought the one for like the novelty of reading it, Right. but like, I don't really, I don't get anything the same out of Godzilla comics that I do from seeing it especially in live action, like cartoons to an extent, but even cartoons aren't the same as live action. There's yeah. part of the, appeal feel for me of Kaiju stuff is seeing how seeing that scale put on display. And yeah. especially for older ones, seeing the, how, how they, they it concocted off. the effects to pull it off. And you do kind of lose that when it's not a live action medium mm-hmm. cartoons. It, it's to a lesser extent too, but at least you have the element of motion to it. Um, You know, with, I, I don't I don't know that for me what I'm interested in Godzilla is always necessarily present in like comic and art form as much. Yeah. Um, and I think like but I think, you know, with with Power Rangers, I w- think I would be very into a live action Power Rangers versus live action Godzilla, mm. you know, because yeah. I would love to see a Megazord fight Godzilla. I mean, you well, kind of they see have that the in same some DNA, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's a really like I think that that would be really cool. But when you put it in a comic, it's just sort of like, I don't know. I mean, It's cool, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, the novelty isn't really there for me in the same way. I totally get Um, that. I,
0: I think I could, I think, I'm like open to it because I didn't think that power rangers would really work in comic form, but they wrote really good
2: stories. They wrote
0: really great stories and they were just so fortunate. And the timing was just so right to have Kyle Higgins, somebody who really had reverence for the property and like, got it. Not that you have to have that, but like he understood the property and understood how to like put it into that medium. And I think really set a standard that now has carried and worked. I just, you know, that really feels like a magical moment that yeah. he specifically was the one to kick off that universe. And I just feel like 99 out of 100 times, it goes wrong instead. And I feel yeah. like maybe, I, I have no experience with Godzilla, but I just wonder if if the challenge is as big as that was for Kyle Higgins maybe. to make it work.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, and 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 like I said, I've never read any of these, so I could be way wrong. And yeah. the stories in them are really good, and I would love them. It's just I think I I've I've, I've read enough <laughs> that I wasn't really into. Sure. Usually because the 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 writing maybe does isn't enough to win me over. That it has I've never felt tempted to try them out. No, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm really ne- like negative on like I think you are these types of like comic mashup things. It's just never really been a thing that I, that's appealing. To I, feel me, like, I, guess.
0: I feel like I feel like. If you can't acknowledge that comic mashups are kind of gimmicky, neutral tone, Mm -hmm. like kind of gimmicky or like uh, sort of a... Uh, a special thing outside of the the standard medium or standard mm-hmm. storytelling thing. I think you're kind of kidding yourself. Like it is, it is a novelty thing, which doesn't make it bad, but that is yeah. what it is that, that the appeal of those things is getting to see Superman and Spider-Man right. in the same comic. It's not, cause you're never
2: going to see that. You're very, right. it's very unlikely that we'll ever see that. Right. In, in another in any other medium right. in our in our lifetime. Most yeah. of
0: those stories are I imagine born they're not born out of somebody waking up and having this incredible inspiration for a story that can only be told with these crossover superheroes. Like no way. They are almost certainly almost all of the time conceived as what if these two characters met? What if Batman yeah. met Iron Man? You know what I mean? And that yeah. doesn't make them bad, but I think it makes it a very specific thing that I think is easy to either be in on or out of, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I get yeah. it. I, I don't think you're being negative. I think it's just a very specific subset of comic storytelling that doesn't work for a lot of people. I'm sure.
2: All of that said though, to the end of Gavin's question, I know you saying that kind of jokingly, but like who else would you rather some fight or have tea with or board games with? Yeah. I think that like, I also think that part of the thing is that like in these comics, it's always about these characters like fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see a comic i mean this would be a weird spin like i don't know if if godzilla had tea with superman it would probably be a really (laughs) cartoony silly comic but i think that they'll be really fun and funny and weird and i could you know like i don't know like i could see something like that could be really cute like i do actually like like if you're gonna put these put these characters together in a different medium um then you can and like really go full bore and doing weird stuff with them. You know, you're not yeah. going to see Godzilla being like cute and having tea in a Godzilla movie. You could see it in the comic, you know, yeah, like have that with, with other cute characters. It I is think your, that's really fun.
0: Your space and opportunity to do unexpected right. things. Yeah. 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 I kind of hmm. love that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I have too much more to add with the specifics of like Godzilla and Kong and superheroes, but I, I, I couldn't stop thinking, Think when I was thinking about this question, I couldn't get out of my head the idea of like the Incredibles tackling a kaiju. Not specific mm. Godzilla or whatever, but I just was like, it would be really cool, actually, if that was something that they, they did. I feel like yeah. as far as superheroes go, clashing with a giant monster, yeah. I feel like the Incredibles world and the Incredibles would actually be kind of perfect for that.
2: A Brad Bird directed just like little Kaiju mini movie? story. Well, yeah, actually, a Brad Bird directed Kaiju movie. I mean, that's kind of the Iron Giant, really. Like,
0: okay, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Well, then we know, he's, you know he could do it. But that's what I'm saying: a Brad <laughs> yeah. Bird
2: directed Kaiju movie that has like kind of the heart of the Iron Giant, but that has the Incredibles in it. I think actually would be really
0: killer. I honestly think that seems
2: sick as fuck.
0: I feel like that would have worked a lot, and I I am probably an Incredibles two apologist by some people's standards, but like it probably would have been more appealing to me than what Incredibles two actually was, and I like that movie just fine. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I don't remember Incredibles two. Incredibles two is just
0: basically like she rides a motorcycle.
2: She rides a motorcycle, but who was the villain of that movie?
0: Um, it was like the brother-sister oh, hypnoti- combo hypnotizing people.
2: That's, yeah. No, they should have had a kaiju. That would yeah. have made that movie so much better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the boat coming in, you know, you have your kaiju coming in. Whatever. Instead of the boat? I don't even see. I wow. I, don't
2: remember, I, I remember liking, I liked that movie when I watched yeah. it. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't remember. Oh, wait, no. The, they were trying like, to stop a boat from hitting. The moment was stopping trying the boat from boat. crashing into the city. God, was I just really like tired when I watched the movie or I,
0: something? No, I don't think it's a particularly memorable movie for most people, especially because the first yeah. one is so good. Yeah, because I remember so iconic like, so, every in so many ways
2: of the first movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Um, so I, 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 I don't think you're committing any crimes here. Not remembering cool. the beats of Incredibles two. <laughs> I think that's for the weirdos <laughs> like me who could Which probably also, also tell you the beats of Monsters University. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Also, should have been called The Incredibles, too, as oh well. My God. Not
0: in- Fucking fuck. Okay. Can't <laughs> <Anyway>. really negate. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Gavin. Again, thank you Great for question.
2: being a wonderful member of the Glitter Dog Oh, collected. yes. You absolutely. You are fantastic.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think all of our remaining questions here are from Bo. <laughs> um, and Bo kicks this off with. Uh, something very lovely he says hey guys congrats on five years of amazing content though i've been taking breaks on and off i've been listening since episode three and have enjoyed every minute of every episode y'all have a lifetime supporter over here and make me want to listen to all of your or all of your podcasts on glitter jaw that being said i've been saving some questions for y'all i also apologize (laughs) because i panicked and sent the first email you know yada 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 and then he also says Yes, Doug, it was me that asked about 10,000 anonymous questions on Twitter. Uh, And yes, it's me that loves y'all's commentaries. And I just want to start by saying, I don't know what we did to deserve a listener like you, Bo, but I am so grateful (laughs) for you. You brighten my day when you ask questions, uh, when you respond to stuff that we're doing, when you tell us what you like. Uh, It it is truly a blessing to have somebody who is Uh uh, responsive and into what we do and gets it um, and, you know... Yeah. It gets to be a cheerleader for us. I just, I really, I, I really appreciate it genuinely with my whole heart.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, he's I mean. And it's true. He's been, he's been a paid an active patron Yeah, for as long as I can remember. Truly. So, it's and like, like, like
0: literally. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and honestly kind of for a while as almost like a, like uh, effectively anonymous patron. Like we didn't really know much about you, Bo until pretty recently. Yeah. Um, but you were, yeah, you're right. You were always there. So I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah. A so thank you long, so much.
2: Ridiculous charity. Yeah.
0: So cool. Yeah. All
2: the ups and downs. <laughs> Truly. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, you, you, you love asking questions and I love answering your questions, Bo. So, um, he, he asks a bunch. The first one, what is uh, one of your favorite episodes and least favorite episodes in terms of content, um, and fave and least fave in terms of recording an episode. Um, and the first thing that came to mind actually answers both of those questions. Okay. Um, the second season of amazing friends, I think is really special. I think those three episodes, um, that we did with, um, oh, yeah. with Chris and with, um, Greg and Greg and with also Chris. Um, <laughs> I always want
2: to call Professor Wolvie. I know, right? <laughs> I can't not separate um, that name from my head. Right. But the ones that we did with Chris, <laughs>
0: Greg, and Chris, like I really think those are maybe, if not definitely, the best three consecutive episodes of the show we've ever released. They're also very popular, I think, which speaks mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. how good they are. Um yep. it's also kind of a perfect little package of a season, three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um thematically mm-hmm. it all works, which made it like a nice sort of three part conversation that kind of built on itself. And it was just fun recording them. Like, I think, I think they're good episodes and I had a blast with all three of those guests.
2: It was fun coming right out of like the glitter jaw announcement Mm -hmm. to then have like an episode with like three big, all queers. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) truly in a row. Who Like again,
0: (laughs) got what we were doing and came into our sixties or eighties Spider-Man show, like ready to talk about where all the gay was. You know what I mean? Like they just we didn't ask them to do that. They, yeah, just, they just they just knew, knew. yeah yeah uh, so i really think that for me will probably go down as like all-time recording and content um but i have yeah. i have other answers obviously as well there's there's a lot of stuff
2: yeah that's a that's a really good recent one i would definitely co-sign that that those are really good um i think both both of our episodes with Marley on them are yep like she'll hate me for just like being this open about this but like She's just always so fucking good every time yeah. I have her on any podcast. Because like, I've had her on Gimmicks a bunch of times, too. And it's always sort of like, I know that if she's going to be on as a guest, then the episode's going to be a banger. Because it just is yeah. inherently because she's just an amazing a uh, podcast guest and podcaster period. Yeah. Um, and always comes like arm to the teeth with so many interesting things to say that none of us would have ever thought to ever bring up. And it always spawns the most interesting conversations we have ever had. Yeah.
0: Here's the thing. um, We have been blessed with so many, so many, so many good guests, but just to speak to like what makes a good podcast guest, if you are somebody who is, is wanting to do that, right? Like, Coming to the show with sort of like things you want to bring to the table, whether those are thoughts or questions, like not being afraid to jump into a conversation. I love when a guest asks us questions and it's not reliant entirely on us asking them questions. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all like amazing qualities of a guest Um and Marilyn has all of them, right? Like, she's not yeah. afraid to just jump into a conversation. She also isn't afraid to, like, disagree with things we are saying, which is a good podcast guest uh-huh. thing to do. Like, you want oh, it... Yeah. It needs to be genuine, but it's good, right? Like, you, sh- you should come with the... The, oh, the yeah. opinion you have. Um, and I distinctly remember a part in, in our most recent one. She was like, actually, oh, I, I disagree with you, Derek. And no, I was she like, said, no. Right.
2: she said I think you're wrong, Derek. And the thing is, she was right. I got like literal factual information wrong from the episode that was like informing my reading in an incorrect way. Um, yeah. And a lot of people... A lot of people, if they're coming up in, if they're coming into your space as a guest, yeah. I think, are would be afraid to do yeah. that because it's sort of like, well, I'm just going to bow it. down and I understand it. I'm probably, I'm too passive sometimes sure. in those situations, but I think it's like, actually like makes for better conversation. Yes. If you are like, just be like, no, that's literally incorrect. That's not the truth, Ellen. That's <laughs> like- not the truth,
0: Ellen. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like
2: that literally makes it better and i'm so thankful yeah um when we have people on there who are like willing to do that yeah. you
0: know and people who are willing to play and i honestly think merrily is maybe our top tier guest when it comes to like just playing with us when we're talking about the i mean our most recent episode was like 75 sky master fanfic headcanon and like 25 yeah. percent actually talking about the episode and i mm-hmm. just don't know that you and i just by ourselves would have gotten to that point so i
2: think that if it was just the two of us covering that episode we have been it would have have bored you would have been I mean?
0: short and bored and yeah. i wouldn't have realized the genuine cool potential that is yeah. the sky master you know so uh yeah. just has the, the qualities of a great guest uh go if if you are preparing to be a guest go listen to merrily on one of our episodes she's yeah. a she's a good good example to follow
2: yeah yeah
0: um, any of our, <laughs> any
2: of our social justice, episodes, so like Hydra yeah. man, we've said that a million times, so so both our, our original coverage. And then when we had Jim Krieg on for it, I think mm-hmm. that I don't know that anyone out there is talking up Hydra man as much as we did. I think our rocket racer episode was the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really proud of our rocket of that episode because I don't think many people will stick up for that episode in the way that we did. Those um, are two
0: episodes that like, if somebody wanted a sample of what we do that represents what we do absolutely Hydro man and rocket racer pieces of those conversations yeah. would make their way into that collection.
2: Cause so I can confidently and proudly say that no other right comic book centered podcast would be talking about yeah. the nineties Spider-Man show like that.
0: Yeah. Um, there's,
2: there's plenty of others, but those are the ones that are all kind of top of mind. For right.
0: Me. Cause the other ones we've mentioned before Frump and seven little superheroes always deserve a mention. Cause those are both episodes where we absolutely lost our minds. Um, and Midtown was a blast to do. Um, yeah. So always, always pleased. Doesn't happen very often, but it happened somewhat recently where somebody, it's it's clear that somebody just listened to it. Uh-huh. Um, so there was I a really that. great moment in our Discord where somebody was like, I just listened to this and you kind of, it was really cool. <laughs> I was like, thank yeah. you. Thank people you for saying been, that.
2: <laughs> people have been. Uh, people, a few people have come to us since we've been complaining about people, not since we've been complaining about, no one ever talked about that episode have come to us and been like, by the way, I did listen to that and it was yeah. good. So I appreciate Thank y'all. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yes. Thank
2: you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like a couple of years delayed. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that i it's, 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 it was worth the wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um um and also just to, uh, for more recent stuff i've sure. been proud of everything that we've done recently i think that we've improved as a podcast so
0: oh much, i think so for sure
2: um in, in the past like year a two or two alone um but i think that our 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 200th episode and the one right before it i think our, on the two live action things the um electric company spidey and the um 77 yeah. movie are both really good fun episodes yeah um I think I re listened to that 200th episode like again mm. not too long ago just because it's fun. Yeah. Um, that one a really, good listen.
0: really resonated with people. I don't know if it was because mm-hmm. we were celebrating 200 or if people were just curious, but people seemed to really like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're, I don't know if you're specifically asking in the context of walloping web snappers. I will say, I I think that the Skryonk episodes so far have been some of the best conversations. we've ever had about media i Um, mean a lot of that is is you really coming prepared and like doing the research but like i really feel like some of those conversations like i've listened to some of those episodes twice because i'm like damn that was a good conversation i'm
2: really proud of those of of that you should be you absolutely should Um, be i was i was definitely a little bit worried about how that one was going to like go in in general um and, and we've gotten
0: more feedback on that show than we've gotten on five years of walloping web snappers and more. i value i value all the feedback we get in while like that we ever got on walloping web snappers but we've just gotten more of it on Screonk, and it's all been so like complimentary yeah. like I, that sounds weird to say but like people it's, it's yeah. clearly striking a good chord with people it's clearly conversations yeah. people either have been wanting to hear or just want more of or what but I've had at least a few people reach out and be like, I really like the way you tackled this conversation. Or I really appreciated, Mm -hmm. you know, this, this way you were looking at this thing. Um, It's really, really cool.
2: Yeah. And um, I think, you know, I think we've got a lot of people that have never listened to our podcast before that come for that one. And it's also like the most successful one. I think like proportionally in terms of it just uh, right out the gate launching. Oh yeah. Higher numbers than any of our other podcasts were. In the first six months, yeah.
0: so anything that's outperforming it or like weird anomalies, like our brave episode of Falling with Style, which for some reason just continues <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so continues to grow, you know. People
2: love hearing about who disaster
0: productions
2: name was in the sh- movie. I don't Merida. The name? Merida. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. People love to hear about Merida and her bear mom.
0: <laughs> we haven't talked about a Pixar movie in like eight months, and you've forgotten literally everything that ever I happened in a Pixar so. movie.
2: I f- remember the good ones, Doug. I remember all the good ones very
0: well. I made the argument they're all, well, no, I made the argument that they've never made a really, like, solidly oh, bad movie. And I think we've also just proven that.
2: Doesn't mean that they're all good. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Those are different statements. Those are good, different statements. But, yeah,
0: I mean, Skryonk has been a blast, yeah, and I'm I'm I've really so happy fun. people are enjoying it. It's been really fun to record those, and I do think the content is genuinely Really, really good. I think it's some of the best stuff the two of us have done.
2: I mean, I say thank you, like, but no, no, no. You no
0: for I'm I'm that if people haven't (laughs) picked up on the fact, like Derek does the vast majority of the work for that, all the research, uh, all the editing, all that sort of stuff. I literally just show up. I show up. I've watched a movie. You know, my job is literally not to know things. So yeah, uh, shower him with praise. It's 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 really good stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's move on. Oh, yep. wait. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's move on for that part. What about least favorite?
0: <laughs> oh, um, that's really hard. It's really hard because well, I don't know. The least favorite episodes of our podcast for me are just when we watch a least favorite episode of a show. So, um, and least favorite doesn't mean horrifically bad because MTV was often really bad, but we had good conversations about it. I love those episodes. My least favorite episodes, honestly, are probably some of the 1981 episodes where it's just sort of like this episode was nothing and it's not even fun to talk about. I think there's a 1981 episode that we recorded, which is like 40 some minutes long, which we've never done before or since it just, it just wasn't good and we didn't Mm want to talk about it, you know? Yeah that's that's i don't even remember what so. episode it was probably the one it was some sort of weird Doctor it was, doctor the, doctor Doom. Doom ones. It was yeah. the second doctor Doom one i think yeah it just wasn't bad it wasn't fun to talk about and we we genuinely just like wanted to get it over with so that's probably probably my answer. least favorite if not you know i don't know if there are other ones but that's the one that immediately comes to mind
1: yeah and like there's I a
0: part of me that's like could we have done something more fun with it i don't know but we just weren't in the mood to i guess yeah it's just a well, bad like, episode of tv just
2: do you want to do, do you want to take the time to like come up with a bit for right. an episode that I don't even know how many people are, would even like listen to
0: that episode yeah. anyway? You know, like yeah.
2: Uh, it's, yeah, it's not worth the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's yeah. a very good answer. Yeah. Um. He also least, said, oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Least favorite in terms of recording. The oh, episode. oh, that's a specific, interesting. that's a specific yeah. Um. question. Because, yeah, there are scenarios where the episode turns out turns out fine, but the recording scenario is really rough. I feel like we have had oh. times <laughs> oh, if yeah. we're
0: talking like just like recording experiences in general, not necessarily yeah. like an episode that wasn't fun to record, but there was one episode I made a really bad choice to try to <laughs> just like, without interrupting the flow of the podcast. This was on my old computer, which I know I've referenced before was like a piece of shit where I Uh like it would, it would, the audacity, which I used to record, um, would start like, uh, freezing. And I was like, okay, I know that if I stop recording and start recording again, it will it will unfreeze itself and so there was a recording I, I think it was the Superman finale uh, unfortunately one, that's why that, that ended up so being delayed and ended up having to piece back together was because I was like this conversation's good. I don't want to stop the conversation over and over for this recording and and so I made a terrible choice and was doing it while we were talking and ended up with pieces of the conversation i then had to put back together i mean that was on me but it just it ended up being yeah. like a stressful situation
2: yeah there yeah uh, but that's yeah, like that a technical sucks. difficulty you know but but that but that's most of what we're dealing with yeah. that makes things bad um i mean i think that i don't know that we've ever talked about this but when we originally were recording we would like <laughs> put ourselves in like Podcast tents. Oh, my because we God. we did yep. have mics because we were either – we were, like, in bigger rooms and didn't have mics that were as good as these are and yeah. they would echo and it sounded better when you had a closed-in space. And, like, I, I only – for the majority of our podcast life, including right now, I, my recording space just has to be a place in my living room, mm-hmm. which if you know anything about audio stuff, like being in a big room is not a good place to record a podcast unless <laughs> you have a really, really good mic. Look uh-huh. like this mic, it doesn't matter what size of your room you're in. I could be yeah. outside. It would sound fine. Um, but for the longest time, I didn't. I just had a fucking blue snowball mic. Yeah. And those things do not sound – will pick up the room noise. Um, and so –
0: yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I think it was your idea originally building like a podcast for it. I,
0: I feel. I like mean, I got I, it I from someone got, else, but yeah, yeah.
2: But you know, so I basically had like these like PVC pipes, um, that that built like the frame that I would cover in a bunch of blankets and towels, and I did have some foam that I will put inside of it, so I'd have to build that. Every single time I'd be recording a podcast mm-hmm. and taking it down every single time, um, you know, and that would be nights nice if we're recording for like three or four hours. Sometimes if we have really long double episodes, and if it's during the summer, Dude. Um, I would be. T- it would. I mean, I I would turn off the AC because uh, because it would pick up that mm-hmm. sound. So we would be, and I think it's the same for you too. Yep. It was. It was no, actually it's multiple things because AC would be off you'd be in that thing in the summer which it's really hot but yep. also i i think because the mic- i think between the microphones and the headphones we had like if i was using my earbuds which i had for a long time i would be wearing i think you did too like wearing like a like a beanie or like a stocking cap over right, it to try to, to, cu- to muffle the sound
0: the bleed yeah this is how
2: fucking how like fucking um janky our like podcasting Look, situation was we the were thing. working from the ground up and had like no money for it either i think right
0: and I agree with you. I don't want to like fully cut off your thought. I agree with you. That is, I, I never would have thought of that, but that yeah. is where it was like, but it would be
2: like misery by the end of the night, we would both be sweating. Oh my God. It would be miserable. I would usually have a headache by the end of it. Cause yep. be dehydrated and, 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 and that would be during times. I mean, and it was, when it was early enough, I would be like really anxious a lot of times still took me a long time to get over just like podcast anxiety in general. Sure. So I would usually have like a couple of shots or something beforehand, <laughs> um, which is also doesn't help if you're getting hot. But then you could right. like have coffee if you need to get caffeinated, yeah. Because it's you know because uh, unless that's you, also unless gonna you, make you, you, know, you hotter, yeah. So like it was all about se- so there's a lot of episodes where like I'm glad we sound great, but I was probably like dying from a heat exhaustion while yeah. we were recording it and felt like shit.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like looking back on it, it's sort of like how the fuck did we do so many episodes like that? Yeah, I don't um, know. But honestly, like I think you know to tune our own horns a little bit like we listened to we we were podcast listeners you know before anything mm-hmm. before we started podcasting we were already listening to podcasts we've continued to listen to podcasts and like just to be really honest you can tell when people aren't creating a recording like a better recording situation for themselves right so yeah. we were just really committed to to using whatever resources we could to make the best sounding episode we at least had the capability to make, and I mm. honestly think some of our episodes that we did with our, our our snowball mics in our little you know cramped, hot, sweaty fortresses with beanies on in the summer, mm. I think honestly sound better than than some professional podcasts I've listened to where mm. they just are you know, something goes wrong or their guest doesn't give a shit or whatever the recording case is
2: their, recording their zoom. Yeah. yeah. So many COVID podcasts, people who are used to being in studios tried to record at home and like nobody knew what they were doing recording. we were talking about recording. being lost. They just recorded their zooms with like yeah. shitty mics. And I'm like, y'all i've been doing this for years like, like i remember having conversations paid, like that yeah y'all
0: getting paid like thousands of dollars to do this like what are you doing right and our shit sounds better than yours and that's it just i mean no one should necessarily have to record the way that we did but i am proud of how determined we were to figure out how to clean yeah. up our our sound you know
2: yeah it really was like you know it, the the like uh I don't know, like getting your getting your hands dirty equivalent of podcasting, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. the thing that it's like you look back on and are yeah, like you look back on and are proud of like kind of how far you you've come only because you worked so hard in the early days to like figure shit out with yeah. extremely limited resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's a great answer, there. I never would have thought of like the conditions specifically, but that's that I... is absolutely the right answer.
2: I some they, of those uh,
0: nights fucking sucked when we were like we were in it so I think a lot of times while it was happening like you know we're still having good conversations I think yeah. the, the episodes don't necessarily suffer but like the moment you stop and you start taking things off you're like oh fuck I'm gonna pass out like
2: yeah and we would be like on Skype and like didn't have video either because yeah. because our computer neither of our computers were very good and would freeze up if we yeah.
1: taxed it too
2: much I had a point where I had like my laptop my old laptop that, that was barely working, and like I had to get an old Chromebook so I could have the show notes on one computer, yeah, um, and record on another computer because the idea of having a Chrome window open with with Audacity was gonna be too much.
0: Right before I got this computer I'm using now, I was I started doing that where I was like I have to pull up things on different, like I think yeah. there were a couple recordings where I was on Skype on my iPad so that my yep. computer didn't have to use any other resources. Yeah. 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 Um, So it's, it's honestly a miracle that we've never lost an episode based on some of the conditions, right? We've never, I don't think we've ever, yeah, 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 for Um, sure. It's not the first time I've acknowledged it, but also like, it's just wild conditions wise and my fucking computer, especially, um, yeah, I don't and think yours we at ever that have. point, we've, like
2: we've come close and we've lost bits and pieces. <laughs> and things.
0: We came really close so early. I think like maybe I've talked about episode. this. It was like the second, third, or fourth. It was like really was the spider, early. No, it was the Spider Slayer's episode, one? which
2: would have only been the second episode. Okay, yeah,
0: I'm sure we talked about this at some point. But as as long as we're talking about our proud accomplishments of when things were like mildly a disaster, um, there was an episode that we just like I lost my track somehow or something. It was really weird, but the way that audacity recorded it, I had the entire track, but in like one second increments or something. And so I just had hundreds of these like one second, uh, files that just had no name. And so I had to figure out what order they went in and basically like a puzzle put back together, like what probably like a three hour recording or something. Um, and the reason that i was so determined to do it because we were new i was like we can't lose an episode so That's fucking early. early and i was yeah. honestly probably like terrified to tell you until i knew i figured it out because like what a yeah. horrible thing to have to tell your co-host like hey it's episode two and i fucking lost it you know yeah so i i mean i'm amazed we didn't lose that proud of myself for figuring out how to put it back together but damn
2: yeah The episode probably sounds good. I've not listened to those early episodes. Sounds fine. I mean, as far as you
0: can't tell that it's like hundreds of pieces put back together. Insane. Tell you that much.
2: (laughs) Wild, wild. Oh, memories. Yep everything's easier now thankfully i know it's <laughs> kind of mean. that's all we're busier everything's that stuff is easier. different the basis is right. easier the different, different things thing, are tough. different things are harder now yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah we didn't have a guest for like a hundred episodes or something so for a good reason not a stressor uh that yeah. we had to worry about we had plenty of other stuff yeah. to worry about
2: yeah yeah cool well uh but also asked, i've been listening to your movie commentaries and really enjoy them thank <laughs> you so much yeah those are so fun. Um, have y'all ever thought about doing commentaries on other movie series such as the MCU, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, etc.? I'd be so down for that, and I would pay for that, lol. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I really enjoy y'all's thoughts and would love to hear them on some other long-running properties. And hearing y'all rip into some of these would be really fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you don't, and if you don't know our pa- on our Patreon, we do do movie commentaries um, for the five dollar level patrons. Yeah. That's like your, I don't know, your advanced reward. Um, and we've done them on all the Spider Man and like Spider Man adjacent yeah. movies, like you know, including the Sony ones and the Avengers one that is, that he appears in. Um, but we haven't expanded beyond that. Um,
0: and we've think, never really talked about it either. I don't think it's ever really come up. No, like, should we do other movie commentaries? We do ideas. other stuff like. That isn't Spider-Man, but I don't know that we've ever talked about commentary specifically.
2: I've had ideas. I kind of wanted, like, I think I brought up. I kind of wanted want us to do a Dark Man commentary because I don't think Mm. you've ever seen that. That's like was you know Sam Raimi's like pre-Super Spider-Man superhero movie. Yeah, and I think there's interesting threads there. Sure. Um, I don't know that I. I don't know about a movie series. Cause I don't know that what we would do. I mean, definitely not the MCU because that's too many. Um, I think really, and really what it comes down to, I think is just time ultimately. Like, even though it's not like those episodes we have to like research heavily or whatever, that we really edit them that much. Um, we still have to sit down and watch a movie on. Those it, are right? still and, like
0: three hour long recordings. Yeah. And
2: that can be time consuming. And so I don't know that I, I don't know personally that i would want to do another recurring one beyond you know just doing a, every time a spider-man movie comes out um but i would be knowing that at least one person listens to them i would be willing to occasionally sporadically do weird ones when we just feel yeah. like sitting down and watching a movie together
0: i think there are probably times where like with dark man something either makes sense or sparks interest or um kind of like there's an inspiration for kind of why we would do it that I think we probably could explore more than we have in the past. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I mean, one of the exciting things about glitter jaw and having a collective of podcasts is that now there's probably a more appropriate place for some of these larger franchises Ooh. than our Patreon, you know? So like, so currently there's falling with style and there's Screonk that are these, uh, you know, ongoing movie marathons. And it's a model that could work for a lot of other long running properties. I mean, there aren't tons of them, right. Um, but it, it could work for other things. And, and I don't know that doing like the six Lord of the Rings movies, makes the most sense on our Patreon when there might be other, you know, queer folks who have a perspective on that and want to really discuss them instead of yeah. just doing a commentary and and that be sort of a, a movie marathon miniseries on Glitterjaw with some creators uh, that yeah. aren't just us, you know? Like, I, I appreciate right. that you want to hear our thoughts and that doesn't mean you won't get them, but right. we have, part of the reason we made the space was so that, those things could live with us in Glitterjaw.
2: It does make me think of like other, like maybe smaller series that I would want to do a Glitterjaw series on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've never been able to really, I've never been able to podcast about the Terminator movies. and that's Oh, like sure. And that at my, this point,
0: there's plenty of, of my, them to...
2: Well, there's plenty of them, but not so many that we overwhelm. Like, you know, Spreonk right. obviously is a thing that's built to last for a few years. Right. Falling the Style Terminator was movies, built to last a couple of years. a few years. Yeah. But like I've part of the glitter jaw models that we can do little mini series in Terminator would be six movies and like a TV, it, it's maybe a TV series in some capacity somehow. Yeah. Like it would not be a long running one. And that is something that I could like that. Like I would be willing to do some variation of that. Like, you know, maybe it, when, when like gimmicks are all web snappers or something while they're on break, I like do that instead. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. This that is kind of spurring me to think about that, though. Like, because it's hard to not think of podcasts always in the you know in the larger scheme. And I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty maxed out on podcasts right now for what I what I'm doing <laughs> that I'm on. Yeah. But <laughs> but if there's something that I could like get together during a break. Yeah. I could do that, and you could do that with some movie series. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the same as commentaries, obviously, yeah. but episodes like that. Like I think. I guess, Bo, the better answer to your question is it's kind of like what what Doug said is that like we you probably will see us talking about other movies, but it would more than likely be on another podcast than on our Patreon. Um, but I think that there's a high likelihood that we will occasionally yeah. drop fun little surprise movies on our Patreon yeah. for commentaries now and then if it feels like relevant or appropriate.
0: Yeah. And that could look like a lot of things. Honestly, I, I think we haven't I don't think we've really had a ton of opportunity to talk about like what we view the glitter jaw model as. We reference yeah, it sure. here and there and allude to it. Yeah, um yeah. but like as an example using the Terminator thing, um I mean it would make sense for you to be a part of that, but imagine that it's not specifically like a thing that you are passionate about. Um that it could be somebody who is not necessarily constantly podcasting with glitter jaw who just it, it comes to us and says like I have this idea. I feel like I I could I could do this. I have the resources. I have the 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 sort of uh like energy and passion to do it. Um can you help me find some guests for each episode? And then maybe that becomes a glitter job yeah. miniseries. You know what I mean? Yeah. New host with guests that maybe are familiar voices like me and Derek or somebody from Distant Echoes or yeah. so on and so forth, um, who are teaming up with somebody who's sort of a newer voice on on like in your collective. ears as part of the collective, yeah. Yeah. So that that yeah. could be it. It could be two totally new people. It yeah. could be some combination. I, I think there's lots of ways that you might end up in the future getting more movie stuff that will sometimes intersect with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, some of that stuff that'll just be our Patreon fun. Yeah. Let's get a yeah. little bit drunk and watch a movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is fun to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. But it does add to that sort of like... Um, that, like, three-hour commitment becomes more than a three-hour commitment because yep. then I also have to factor in, like, will I be hungover tomorrow? Uh, um, that's
2: so true. Because, <laughs> you know, when we inevitably do that Madam Web commentary, we oh, to be fucked up. Oh, boy.
0: We have to schedule that. that recording to be right, like, like the night before a day a where neither week. one of us have anything going on. Yeah.
2: Um, th- yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I don't plan to be even remotely sober for that
2: god no that would be not i don't uh, yeah no really <laughs> that's a good segue into Bo's next question though oh yes yeah. have y'all thought about doing a movie commentary in a movie y'all were seeing for the first time such as madam Webb or craven or future venom movie It'd be sweet to hear all's reactions on the spot i have a question um, for you
0: yeah was mo wasn't i almost said mobius wasn't morbius your first time watching it v- morbius was my first time yeah watching so it. you've done it so i haven't done it, I've yet, done it but you have
2: i would be willing Maybe to do that for Craven. Cause I don't know that I want to see that in theaters. What do you think?
0: I think if that is, if that's like the idea, then yeah, I'll do it. I, it's a movie. I probably would see in theaters just because I now have like that movie pass, we'll but it. I don't have to, we
2: will talk about it. We I think will that's talk the opportunity
0: to give it a shot. I think Craven might be the perfect opportunity to give it a shot, but we'll see. We also we'll see.
2: Could torrent it. So it's even, you know, like if we wanted to <laughs> do Waltz in theaters or something, yeah. Um, I don't know. We, we can figure that out. But that's, that is that that is an option floating around in the air. Yeah. Um,
0: we're not opposed I mean, to it at all.
2: We're going to do comment. We plan to do commentaries on all of those regardless. Like I think that we would do a Craven commentary no matter what. The question is, would we see it beforehand and do a Spider-Bait on it or right. just skip that completely and just skip to doing the, the $5 commentary? Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: we would have done that idea. with Morbius had I not gotten morbidly curious, uh, like what, a month or two beforehand?
2: Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was, that, that's on me you know yeah yeah i for but, some
0: reason was okay watching it twice
2: yeah am sure weird <laughs> decision dude but it was it was helpful to have be able to guide me through the things that i constantly missed in that movie
0: <laughs> um but yeah not opposed to it i'm sure it'll happen yeah. at some point
2: we'll think about it we'll definitely think about it
0: um, he says, off-the-wall question, but what is y'all's opinion on characters, quote, destined to be together, like MJ and Spidey, Lois and Clark, etc. He says, personally, I struggle because I thought it was cool when Superman and Wonder Woman were a brief thing, but also was happy when Superman and Lois were a thing again.
2: Yeah, I think that the thing with those is that I think – because I, I like what he's saying is that it's like he likes when – Superman's with two different women at two mm-hmm. different times. And I think that like, I don't mind the whole destiny thing. Right. Because it's like, I I, I don't mind. I do think that like, it's just a common part of iconography that you have. It's like, it makes sense that these two are going to be sort of the quote unquote end game in some way or another. It's sure. weird in like superhero stuff when it like basically is going on forever. Like there's no end point. We can just say like now Lewis and Clark are forever are, are together forever period. It's over. Like that's not really going to happen in the comics. Um, so that does make it a little bit weird, but I think in general, I think that ha- being able to be willing to, to see characters date other characters and try out a relationship with other characters can be really interesting. Like, I've been watching through X-Files. Mulder and Scully, like, don't get together for, like, eight years, and even they don't really get together. Like, it's, (laughs) it's, like, barely. And I don't mind that because I think that in that scenario, like the will they won't they kind of thing. Or it wasn't even will they won't they at a certain point. It was just sort of like, I know that these characters love each other, but they're busy with their lives yeah. and can't get together. And so if there's another love interest, it is what it is. It's just gonna happen. Um, you know, like I, I think that any any I know that like like shipping is a thing and I, and I can appreciate like people just going hard for the ship and dying for their ship. But I do think that sometimes that does create a little bit of a, too narrow of a focus where that means that if a character dates, literally anyone else, that's a bad thing. When the reality is like in real life, it's very normal for people to have flings for people to, to, to break apart date other people for a while and maybe get back together. Like, it's just, I mean, I think that it, I think that that, makes for better stories to seeing characters paired up with other characters even if briefly even if you know for a fact that this will not end well that they are not going to be together for very long it's still interesting to see what would happen (laughs) when you pin them together even if temporarily so yeah if superman wants to date wonder woman for a while even if it like even if it like doesn't go well, it's interesting to see those two together before he gets back together with Superman with Super, uh, Lois inevitably. So like, I think that's, that's the thing. Like it's why he can date whoever the fuck he wants, whether MJ's his destiny or not. I think he should still occasionally date other girls or guys if it feels <laughs> appropriate, you know, Bobby. like it feels like there's a, if it feels like there's a story to be told.
0: Yeah. Harry, um, <laughs> a, a couple that I actually realize I, I ship in various situations. Um, Yeah, I I beautifully stated I the only other thought I really have is like, I think for me, the longer the story goes, I think the more comfortable I am with the sort of destined to be together thing. But I don't think it means that they're together always. I think it is just like you said, it's sort of compelling sometimes to know like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work. I know that he's going to get back together with this other thing. Shorter storytelling I think sometimes it's perfectly fine to be like, this just isn't a story where MJ and Peter are destined to be together. You know, like yeah. I think that's okay. I think that's yeah. the perfect place to have it happen. Um, and I think it's fun. I am obviously, as I have stated, a huge Liz, Peter, uh, an Indy Peter fan. And those, those things don't get to happen. Um, I think in a way that you get to take as seriously if they are flings in the comic, because well, the comic is weird, but y'all know what I mean. Um, yeah. If they're flings in the comic, you're sort of like, yeah, well, we'll see how long this lasts. Where when it's in a smaller yeah. thing, you kind of could have hope that maybe if you like that ship, it, it could last the majority of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I I think at the end of the day, just like don't... Rest- I think that storytellers shouldn't restain, ret- restrain themselves on the stories that they are telling. So just because a character is destiny or not, allow yourselves to tell other stories. Yeah. To that that doesn't it's not mutually exclusive like it doesn't mean they can't still be destined to be with that person right if that's if that's the logic that we're going
0: by. what's the know? fun in de- being destined to be together if you don't have to jump over some shit and jumpsuit from hoops and you know knock a guy yeah. over to get to each other you know i think that's mm-hmm. part of that's part of what makes the the destiny compelling is what yeah. you went through to actually be together
2: yeah i yeah. agree i agree cool question that yeah it was really it was really interesting thing to think about yeah
0: we've never gotten a question like that that was fun
2: no yeah um but also asked do y'all think both critics and audiences are being unfair in their reviews of recent superhero movies i'm seeing a lot of hate and dislike towards a lot that seems unwarranted i'll admit ant-man wasn't the greatest and i haven't seen the marvels yet but i really want to but i feel like that just didn't get the the right marketing it was set up to fail now people are hating on deadpool 3 because it does uh because it does some of the fourth wall breaking that she hulk did thoughts um i will <laughs> say i haven't seen them any of the movies listed here okay <laughs> um, I, I have seen so i don't have
0: all the ones I, that are out
2: <laughs> well i've seen she hulk i should yeah. say i have seen she hulk but i know not she wasn't even really talking about she hulk so yeah. i haven't seen ant-man or marvels um i do think that like unfortunately i i think it's true that there's a level or variation of like superhero fatigue, if you want to call it, I know that's an annoying phrase that people use. And I don't know that the way people use it is exactly true, but I do think that generally there has been an oversaturation of superhero movies in the media in, in, um mo- the superhero movies in general across all mediums right now. And I think that like, I think that we are seeing a point where a lot of people are just are kind of ready to try something different um and i think inevitably that means people are just going to be like a little bit on edge about any superhero thing that comes out because they're already kind of tired of them that doesn't apply to everyone obviously but i think that a lot of audiences are just sort of like i'm done with this shit and i've seen it already so i hate all of it immediately whether it's good or bad um that's, I mean, that's, that's my general feeling on why it feels like just a negative, it feels like such a negative space to exist in sure. with superhero stuff right now. Like everyone's just sort of exhausted by it, no matter what they're doing. Um, but again, I haven't seen most of them. Maybe they yeah. are all bad. I don't know. I don't know. I can't have an opinion either way.
0: I, I, I think there's a lot of layers to this question. Um, and there's probably a couple of soapboxes I could get on. I think one, I'm going to take the opportunity to, to really make the distinction here between critics and audiences yeah, yeah um, sure, sure. Especially if you're talking about whether they're being fair or not in a review. I, I do think, and I think both of us feel pretty strongly, that like critique is something specific. And critique is something you do uh, in a informed, trained, skillful manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you are a good critic, if you are a professional critic and you're doing your job well... I'm going to have a hard time walking away from your review being like that person was being unfair because yeah. you probably did a good job to explain what it was you thought didn't work. Right. Yeah. absolutely. Um, so if that's the case, you know what? I might not agree with you, but I, I have a hard time saying you're being unfair. doesn't yeah. mean there are critics who don't do that. There certainly are. Um, But if we're talking like professional media critics, um, that to me is a category of folks. Um, There are people
2: I respect deeply that I think are very smart that I just fully disagree with on about their takes on movies and sometimes like wait in anticipation for in a few years when they inevitably change their mind and are like, I was wrong in my review. This movie is actually good because I've yeah. seen that happen with people totally. that I really love.
0: Totally. I think there's also, I mean, the internet has provided a situation where like everybody's voice can be heard constantly. Um, yeah. And that comes with a lot of critics who aren't professional critics, who aren't educated in critique, uh, who don't necessarily have the skills built or have ever had their own approach critiqued on how they look at media, Or the ways that they criticize media. Um, And I think a lot of that negativity is a lot easier for me to be like, I think you're being unfair because there is a pattern of you seemingly hating all movies featuring women and black people. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I do think um, as Marvel has done a better job of representing more people in stories, there has been a not unexpected increase Mm -hmm. in not professional critics Um, hating on that stuff I will say I've seen Ant-Man not great it was fun in some ways but not a great movie the Marvels absolutely overly critiqued or criticized by non-professional critics I did not read a lot of reviews from professional critics to be to be fair Um, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of the stuff that People would have been exposed to online about why Mar- why the Marvels failed and why it's a bad movie and why it's a sign of you know superhero movie doom or whatever it was just all bullshit, um, yeah. and it largely was because dudes on the internet fucking hate Brie Larson um, and don't like seeing women of color in lead roles. So I'm, I'm willing to put that out there. And (laughs) I think that's just the case. Um, She Hulk, I think is the same situation. I think she Hulk was a good show. Um, Not a perfect show, but a good show. And I think a lot of the, the criticism it got from non-professional critics was just shit that, she hulk couldn't get away with because she was a big green woman uh who was sex positive and shook her ass once you know what i mean um (laughs) (laughs) like that's what they didn't like about that show yeah Um, i do think that with an oversaturation you are more likely to get stories that aren't good along with the ones that are good um yeah so you are more likely to run into movies that aren't necessarily as good and i think marvel hasn't necessarily done a great job um, focusing the same resources on all of their now bajillion properties, which yeah. isn't great for the quality of movies either. So could mm-hmm. the Marvels have been a much better movie? Yeah. Was it a shit show? Not even close, you know? Yeah, sure. Um So in a way, I think that some folks are being way too hard. I think any sort of conversation, any sort of discourse mm-hmm. that you're getting from social media or forums or whatever about all these movies being terrible or people being hard on them, I don't think you should take it that seriously.
2: Yeah. I think the best thing that, that I think I've found, um, when, especially particular, I mean, really for any media critique you are looking for, but especially for like these types of big conversations that like are like instant discourse on the internet, um, is like find, finding, finding critics and writers, uh, that you, like bel- that you sort of trust um that either their tastes sort of align with yours so you know that you'd be kind of on the same wavelength about stuff which is a good thing that's not a, a bad thing. thing some people will right. say it's
0: a bad thing that doesn't make right. any sense if you want yeah. to know if you will like a movie listen to people who like the same things you do right yeah
2: because <laughs> a lot of I mean a lot of critics just hate every Marvel movie because they don't right. like any superhero movies which is fine you right don't, don't to. read their
0: reviews You know? yeah
2: like that's that's not you know that's that's not they're they're writing for the audience of people that also don't like Marvel exactly. movies and are telling them which is the the marvel movie that a person who hates marvel movies will like right like that's usually what that's right. what a lot of those are rating to and i think that that's valid honestly i totally think that it's you don't have to like i understand why a lot of people don't like marvel movies i get well, because it because there are people um, who
0: won't like them but will want to know if there is one they should pay attention to so right. those critics exactly. have to exist
2: they have to exist yeah um, but i think that like it's worth finding ones that either you taste align with or you just know are always that you have like if you read a sampling of their Writing or listen to their podcast or whatever, what have you, and get a good sense that like, oh, they I even when I don't agree with them, they explain themselves so well that I either come away learning something or at least understand their perspective, even if I don't agree with it. And I can respect that. Um, Like for me, I really for superhero stuff. um, Joanna Robinson, I really like her writing a lot. She actually was one of the authors of the history of the MCU book that came out recently. So she's extremely knowledgeable on the workings of the MCU, but she's also like, I think very fair about stuff. Like, I don't think she's like a Disney chill or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like she's, I, and I, I know her from a lot for a long time of, um, her writing on, like, I think it was a variety. I get, I always get it confused if it was variety or vulture. I think it was variety. Um, sure. uh, but also like a lot, she's done a lot of podcasts. She was on the Buffy podcast, uh, the buffering podcast. She would guest a lot on that. And she did a lot, the lost podcast, the storm that I listened to for, for a couple of years. Um, and it's someone that I grew to like and trust and I often do not agree with her at all. She does not like any Spider-Man movie before the Tom Holland <laughs> movies, which oh, I do wow. not agree with. But she <laughs> has but I but whenever she explains herself, I'm like I get why you don't like it. Yeah. I understand that. I understand why you don't like this version of Peter Parker. Like, I get that. Um, and and that's so it's someone I can respect. And also Brett White as well. Oh yeah, um, he writes for Decider. He's a huge. He conversely, I think Joanna Robinson. I don't think she's like a gigantic comic book nerd, but she's a big like movie and TV genre nerd. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a great space to understand. Brett White conversely is a huge comic book nerds specifically so he approaches it with that perspective and I think often has different perspectives than other movie and TV critics because he is coming from it with the comic background but I think again also isn't someone who's just like you know the adaptation it does not adapt it right so it's bad he comes at it and explains like why this feels like it makes sense for these characters why it's a you know appropriate adaptation or not in a way that like I can understand and agree with right and also is just genuinely enthusiastic mm-hmm. for like comic book stuff in general Um um, and like so, I, I and, and again, someone that I don't always agree with, or like understand some of his points of reference, but like love what he has to say because I know that he's always coming from a good place, and like uh, at least like makes makes a good faith attempt when he's approaching these things to like explain what he's thinking. So like, yeah. I think find people, if not those people, find people like that that like are those people for you that you can sort of really trust, not just trust the opinions of, but trust that they are going to approach things in good faith and like write something that you actually kind of like learn a little bit from, or can gain a yeah. perspective from.
0: And we both believe that very strongly. I think we try to model yeah. the way that we critique things oh, yeah. on that. And we have occasionally yeah. gotten uh, messages from folks who say like, you didn't love my favorite show as much as I hoped you would, but you were fair. Like, yeah. and I think that's, that to me is an amazing compliment as, for what we're trying to do. I, mm. I hope that, you know, if there is a fan of the MTV show who listened to our show, we were pretty hard on that show, but I think we also were generally fair. It's maybe the one people could argue, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we were a little extreme on, but even then our extreme is like nowhere close to other folks. So I, I I really believe it. I co-sign everything Derek said about finding your people. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think if you like the way we talk about things, you will find those people because we are inspired by those people um, mm-hmm. Yeah, in the way we talk about stuff. So for sure. Yeah, for sure. Good question. All right. And then this was commented uh, by Bo on our across the spider verse movie commentary he says, okay, so I was thinking, um, but maybe, uh, and you can answer this in the AMA coming up, but maybe I'm misunderstanding. But shouldn't canon events not apply to Miles since he is an anomaly? And even if not, wouldn't the canon events already happen to the Peter that died in his universe and therefore not happen to Miles? Like I said, maybe I'm not understanding something, but would be curious to hear what you all think. Oh, boy. And, Bo, I never thought about this. And I think you have – If if this is your, like, original reaction to what you watched and what we were talking about – I think you've stumbled onto potentially an incredibly important piece of the story. I don't like, know. that if, might be what unravels things in the next movie. Right. potentially. <laughs> it didn't even occur to me, despite them making such a big deal of miles being an anomaly. It never occurred to me that Canon events might only be intended for the people that are quote destined to be, or meant to be depending on how much, how much truth there is to some of that spider people right so i I don't know i mean you might have cracked it bo or
2: are the the canon events attached to whoever wears the mask in that universe or is the canon events attached to the person who was supposed to be by the threads of fate bit by that spider and that's not clear i think i think it's really smart about across the spider verse is that they give you enough information to understand the stakes to get like what the metaphor is to understand what everyone's Driving you know driving um, Forces are right like what's driving Every character but They don't over Explain it there's still a lot we don't Understand Mm -hmm. about how any of this Works which helps it you know Not be not be confusing when they watch not be Over uh, overstimulated when you're watching the movie because it's just sort of like, all right, I just to go along for the ride. Yeah. You're already giving me a lot of information. But yeah, when you think about it after the fact, there are a lot of holes in this concept. Uh-huh. And I don't think that it's in a way that it's a flawed concept. I think it's because there's a lot of space and ambiguity to potentially play in in the future because I think we did talk about this on that commentary yeah. that like we're really only getting um, Miguel's perspective uh, on all of this stuff like he Miguel's the one delivering all this information yeah. about how this works he might be an unreliable narrator he might be wrong about Ooh. how the canon events work you know like the rules that have been established narrator. the rules that have been established he might have just interpreted all of them wrong and that very well could be the lesson that he learns in the next movie yeah that that his entire understanding of how this all works is actually incorrect
0: yeah I we have certainly talked about whether he could be wrong or if, if, if the, everything's being interpreted wrong, it genuinely is kind of like blowing my mind, Bo, that this just never yeah. occurred to me. And you're the first person to, yeah. to sort of bring this to our attention. Um, yeah. So if, if, if again, if that was just your, let's just what you were thinking, um, bravo. I have no idea if it'll be true or not, but bravo. If you got it from somewhere else, I'd love to know because I want to know what else they're saying about this movie. Um, yeah. cause that's, that's, that's I'm gonna be thinking about that for probably a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, it's like um, such a simple question that just it never mm-hmm. occurred to me to ask. So
2: it's just like the weird loophole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> um, um Bo asked
2: another question. Yeah. Do you think Teenage Spidey is overdone? And maybe the next animated series after the Disney Plus kind of MCU, but not really. <laughs> yeah, that's a great uh, way to describe that. Yeah. Uh should see a more grown-up Spidey or even a full-on adult like the new Ultimate Spidey. And I will say similarly, um, Batstick on Discord in our AMA channel asked a similar kind of adjacent question that I think we can kind of wrap up in our discussion of oh, this. Sure. Um, he says Peter Parker being this young, careless, still learning boy, sometimes innocent is a bad thing enforced by the movies. Agreed or disagreed.
0: Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I think I have strong feelings about Bo's part of the question um, and the way okay. that he asked it. Um, okay. I think, and I probably could, could be convinced otherwise, but I don't think that we need should have or necessarily even really want um an animated spider-man show featuring centering led by an adult peter parker um i don't know that it would work in the ways that spider-man cartoons typically succeed i know that the 90s show he's like kind of an adult but doesn't really feel like it a lot of the times and like mm-hmm. how he interacts with people or the storylines they're telling with him i think what Bo's talking about and he even references it right the ultimate spidey one this is like a middle-aged or you know maybe not middle-aged but like 40 yeah. year old 40 something year yeah. old dude with a family i I think you have to acknowledge that Spider-Man cartoons are first and foremost made for kids first and
2: unless they do a weird thing like the MTV show.
0: Right, unless they do a weird thing like the MTV show which I don't think succeeds um or if they try to do like what a Disney Plus ex- like exclusive Spider-Man show that's made for adults like I don't mm-hmm. something about it doesn't feel like it would work for me and I don't think I necessarily want it. So if it's a, if it's centered on or that's the title character is, is adult Peter Parker, I don't need it. I don't think it would work. I do think that an adult Peter Parker in either an ensemble cartoon or as a mentor uh, to another spider person would be phenomenal in an animated series. I think that would be incredible because I do think adult Peter Parker is great in those scenarios especially and i think would work especially in Mm -hmm. a spider-man cartoon which is typically uh, made with younger audiences in mind first i mean one of the reasons the peter b parker miles thing works so well in those movies is because it's an older peter parker with experience mentoring a younger spider person Um, yeah so that i would love to see but if it's just the adult peter parker i don't think i'm interested maybe a movie i could I, i think i could see it for a movie.
2: Yeah, um, I think – I agree with – I had the same thought, too, about it being a Peter as a mentor. I think that's the best-case scenario for, like, an adult Peter. I do think the middle ground is, like, a college-age Peter or, like, Peter as he is like, the Insomniac game mm-hmm. where it's, like, just a young – like, a 20-something. Yeah. I I'd be here for that still because I think you could still – I think you could still make a kid's show about a Peter Parker that age. Cause I do think that there's fun to be had with college stories or that, that age. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there's fun to be had with an experienced Spider-Man that isn't a full ass adult yet. You know what I mean? That could still be aimed at at kids. Um, and I do think that I also could see it being a case where like, if you're an executive and you're greenlighting the new Spider-Man show, but you're worried about doing any Spider-Man show without peter having some role Ugh. i think that 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 is your route into doing a miles morales centric cartoon or, yeah. or 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 any any other spider person cartoon is to say well peter's the mentor in the same way that like bruce wayne is in batman beyond yeah he's not the main character but he is a significant presence um i th- i would be here for that i mean and to be fair i don't know as much as i like 2017 i don't know that the way that Peter's Peter miles relationship works is like the best way that could be done in a cartoon. I, don't think so. I would like to see a cartoon where it is a significant age difference and experience level between the two. If they want to have them both together, yeah. um, I would love to just have a miles cartoon. That's just another miles animated series on his own. But I also think it would be cool to have yeah. both of them in a cartoon with Peter in a mentor role.
0: Yeah. Um. It also doesn't I, have to be specifically like that same dynamic, the Spider-Verse movies have. It could be oh, exactly. an yeah, ensemble yeah, yeah. young cast with their think, various mentors. I think that would be I a really a, fun show.
2: I think a college-age Peter is a different story than both the high school-age Peter 2017 and the like, you know, mid-30s maybe upper maybe 40s peter b parker in the spider-verse movies like i think that that's not a thing that we've seen in a cartoon format yet you know like that that is more akin to what the insomniac game does and i think that that relationship is really cool i mean peter peter working at miles's high school or something like they kind of briefly flirt with in spider-man 2 like that could be really fun i think that that could be really interesting
0: um i do think I, I i do think you're right though the easiest way to get away with it is having him in college which still to me is like, yeah. All right. Yeah. You still have some like school dynamics and stuff. Right. You're not I getting think like a, perfect a middle ground. career man Peter Parker.
2: I think it's a perfect middle ground. Yeah. Um, I think to Batstick's question, I don't feel like that's a thing really enforced by the movies. I think that that was a thing that I, because for one, I mean, they've been doing the Peter Parker in high school thing since before Amazing Spider Man came out. Yeah. I think that that's just. I think it's it's a thing that like very gradually and Ultimate Spider-Man the comic book in two thousand one it was like the the idea of being like should we put Peter Parker in high school has been a thing that's been floated around for a long time um, regardless of what the movies are doing the the Tobey Maguire movies he was out of high school like a third of the way into the first movie yeah. so like I don't think that that's really a thing um, uh, the Tom Holland movies haven't existed long enough to have like that much influence on anything outside of the 2017 cartoon. Yeah. Um, I think that that is, I think that, um, I mean, I guess it's enforced by anything that's going to come out in the shadow of the Tom Holland movies. Like it, I guess it's, it's going to be hard to convince someone like a studio executive to greenlight something where he's not in high school because that's what people are familiar with most recently. But that doesn't mean it can't. I mean, I don't think that's a trend that's been enforced by the movies as yeah. well. That's all I'm getting at.
0: I also, I, I mean, the way this is worded is that him being young, careless, still learning, and innocent is a bad that's, thing. That's yeah, And that's I, absolutely I, I do disagree with that. That's I very much disagree wrong, with yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I think Peter Parker does, I mean, they're at, like, Bo and, and, and Bastic are kind of asking questions and like, uh almost i guess kind of opposite directions or sort of parallel to each oh. other maybe yeah, yeah. um i think both versions whether it's an older peter parker a college-age peter parker or a very young peter parker i think all can work i think a 14 year old peter parker can work i think a 19 year old peter parker can work i think a 40 year old peter parker can work but i just don't know that they all work for the exact same media for the exact same audience Telling the exact same stories, I think you're doing those characters a disservice if you decide that a 14-year-old Peter has to be as mature as a 19-year-old Peter uh, versus a 40-year-old Peter. Like, you have to acknowledge where they are in life. Um, and a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old should be allowed to make silly, childish mm-hmm. mistakes. I think that's part of what makes their character compelling and relatable. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that answer. Yeah. It's good good questions though. Um we do yeah. like talking about like various versions of Peter Parker and what people's you know preferences are, and I think this kind of mm-hmm. you know explores that a little bit more.
2: Yeah. Uh and Bo asks final question, and yeah. just to close out, how are y'all doing? Yeah. What a nice question. What right. A nice question. <laughs> you know, you could just submit how are y'all doing to an AMA yeah. people. That's
0: yeah. okay. It's great. that's totally cool. Yeah, it's also um, a perfect way to close, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm going to answer with, um, how many, I don't really know, but in a positive way. Okay. Like I don't really know in parentheses good. Um, cause last year for me was very, I had a lot happen last mm-hmm. year. Um, in my, in my personal life, not uh, including all the glitter jaw stuff, mm-hmm. but just in general, I had a very, eventful, very eventful year last year and the majority of it was all good. Like it was all a lot yeah. of good stuff. Um, But it is weird when, like, a lot of stuff happens and it's just sort of like, okay, now life just keeps on moving. Like, it's not like things change radically enough to be like, and now I'm in a new country living a new job. You know what I mean?
0: Are you kind of also having that – I feel like I recently have been thinking that a lot more. I'm like, oh, yeah, it just keeps – I just keep going. going. Like I just like keep Like you accomplish
2: i I cross thing I crossed some things off my bucket list last year. And yeah. if you listen to all our podcasts, you've done some of the cool stuff that I've done. Yeah. That I'm really proud of. I crossed things off my bucket list last year. Um and now I'm like on the other side of that, it's sort of like, Okay, well, I'm gonna keep doing more. And there's yeah. plenty more things <laughs> on my bucket list and there's plenty of things we wanna do with glitter jaw. There's plenty of I have I and I, I have I have a big trip to Japan at the end of the year that I think a lot of, a lot of my life is going to be planning around that and like saving up for that and leading up to that. Yeah. Um, and dictated kind of by that. So it's, I think that it's like, I have a feeling that, that this year, not that we have to completely define our lives just by years, but it's easy to do. I think this year is going to be probably a year where like significantly less happens than last year (laughs) because last year was very packed. Um, but that also means that I'm not really exactly sure what to expect of what things I will accomplish. Yeah. And I hope that I accomplish something. But if I don't, I'm doing a lot of cool stuff. I'm making so many podcasts that I never thought that I would. And I feel good about all of them. Um, and they're all making big strides. Um, and I have ideas for things that I'd like to do that may or may not happen. Yeah. So we'll see. So yeah, I don't really know, but I mean, it's cool and good. Cause I mean, it's exciting because maybe hopefully the things that do happen this year will be good things again
0: yeah. we'll see i love i i i uh I, i'm gonna be thinking now about this idea because i've been feeling this of like mm-hmm. accomplishing something and it not yeah. changing your life you know what i mean yeah. like
2: it's not the end of the movie right it's just exactly like now you wake up the next day and you're still here and
0: for a long time i mean this is just us like reckoning with uh <laughs> i guess aging. our age and aging but like for a long time big changes and big accomplishments come with the next chapter right like you graduate in high school you graduate and now you enter next chapter and any sort of large accomplishment whether it's competition you know chapter closes into the next thing or, or school or whatever your first job your first home all those types of things but no at a certain point you're sort of like i keep accomplishing things but like I I keep I just keep going like it's a weird feeling to yeah. kind of have it's mm-hmm. so interesting that you brought that up because I've been feeling yeah. that too where I'm like like honestly I was having it very recently where I was like I just did some cool stuff like at work I like accomplished some cool things at work we've done we did we did some very cool things recently for a couple podcasts that you all haven't heard yet but I'm very excited mm-hmm. for you to here um, mm-hmm. and on the other side of that I was like for me in a way that was an accomplishment like some of the people we got to talk to an accomplishment mm-hmm. for me. And then I was like and I guess I just go to work tomorrow. <laughs> no. Like, you know, there's no like uh no like party and then I move on to the next thing, which in a lot of yeah. ways is good, right? I get to keep building on what we've been doing. Right. It it means that these cool folks I got to talk to aren't the last cool folks I get to talk to. You know what <laughs> oh I mean? God. Like, yeah, I
2: hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, in the
0: sense that like, they aren't yeah. like the climax of the it's podcast the in the way where it's yeah. like, now we're done. It's like, no, go yeah. find more cool people to talk to.
2: Right. Yeah. Hopefully the only way, only you can just only go up yeah. from here. Yeah. Probably. Or do yeah. another
0: cool project at work or do, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be. Right. Um, so it's just interesting. You were talking about that. Cause I feel like I've been feeling that, but no, I, I think I was probably thinking a little bit more immediately. I'm doing good. I mentioned we, we uh, got to talk to some really cool folks that, for me, uh, felt like a really big deal, and I was a little bit awestruck. And you all get to figure out whether or not that came through on the podcast. I think I handled myself well.
2: You um it was, it's uh, It's I <laughs> editing. It. it sounds great.
0: Fantastic. Um, and I'm on the other side of a pretty hectic week, just between work and podcasting stuff. And so, like in this moment, I'm good. I think in the year, yeah, I think it's. I think this year is is set up to be a good year for the reasons that I don't think anything major is supposed to happen. I think I'm, I'm able to just go through this year doing things without necessarily massive, uh, changes or challenges along the way. Um, and there are a few things that I'm looking forward to this year that are from my, I I imagine a lot of people had these lists going either literally or in their heads during lockdowns and COVID, uh, -hmm. like the height of COVID COVID still a thing. Um, be safe, uh, wear your mask sometimes uh, when you're in crowded areas. But anyway, um, I feel like everybody kind of had like that that list of like when things were really uncertain, you're like, why haven't I gone to concerts in years? What if I never yeah. get to go to a concert again? if i get if we get out of mm-hmm. this in in a semi reasonable state, I'm going to go to some concerts or whatever your list was. And finally now a few years, you know, a couple years after sort of the height of things, this is the year where I'm finally actually being able to do some of those things that I thought a lot about in lockdown, going to a big concert, going to a small concert, going to a Mm -hmm. con, like all these things that I was like, if I never get to do these things, I'm going to be really bummed. I didn't do more of them. Um, So I'm really excited for, for kind of normal, but also in a weird way, really big, significant things this year.
2: I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's exciting. And thank you for asking (laughs) Bo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, He, and he actually closed out his original email. Well, thanks guys. Really appreciate these past five years of such great content and hope y'all keep it going for another five and beyond. Oh, thank you. No intention of stopping. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. What Thank if you. what if this episode ended with like, and that's it, that's the podcast. <laughs> God. Yeah. It'd <laughs> be like, so terrible.
2: It would be, but like literally based on what we've already recorded, like some of the best is yet to come, like no joke Yeah. Some, honestly. some of our, of many of our projects, I yeah. think. So
0: I'm, I'm very um, excited for some of the stuff coming out, even just in the next few weeks. So if you're mm-hmm. listening to this, if you made it three plus hours into this, uh, stay, Jesus stay Christ. excited because we got some fun folks, uh, uh, on the horizon.
2: Yeah. I have to go to bed. So let's wrap this up. All
0: right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, God, where even is our outro at this point? There it is. I got
2: it. Here we go. Join our Patreon. <laughs> we've referenced it a bunch in this one. Y'all can hear all the interesting stuff that we've got going on from the questions, right? Movie commentary, spider bites, uh, other stuff that I don't remember. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Um, And also check out our Discord. Link to that is in the show notes. we got an Ask Us Anything channel, so if this inspires you to ask more questions or if we missed one and you want to put it there, go ahead and do it and we'll include that in our next AMA or just let us know if you just want us to answer it right there in the channel and we can. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, Doug, where can we find you and everything else you're working
0: you on? You can find me all over the place at Icky Bully, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on another Glitter Jaw show called Novel Gaming, where my co-host Katie and I catch up on all catch up on all of the books video games and sometimes other media we have been consuming lately this is what three hours into an episode sounds like <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. and also um, I'd never talk about this but I really should because Katie puts a lot of work into it uh, but oh. we have a YouTube channel novel gaming does have a YouTube channel um I would say maybe like half of those are kind of like shorter concise, Versions of discussions we have on the podcast with like video added to them. So if we play a video game and talk, a, have a good conversation about it, a lot of times Katie will make a shortened version of that and include footage of the game. So you can see what we're talking about. Um, and then I would say maybe the other half of those videos are just things we felt like doing a little bit of let's play stuff. Um, some animal crossing competition stuff. Uh, we dropped our stream that we did recently on there just cause it probably is a better place for it than it in really the, the VODs of Twitch. Um, yeah. So check that out. Um, some of it's actually meant to be watched in the background to be totally honest. Um, so uh, you know, Check it out. Like I said, yeah. Katie does a lot of good work, and I feel like I'm doing them a disservice by not talking about it more.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's really
0: cool uh, What about you, Derek? Sure, you
2: can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale and uh, on other platforms under that name or Dare Bear. Mr. Dare Bear, uh, we referenced them, but I have a couple other podcasts. I have Gimmicks, uh, which I do with David, where we look at the high concept and experimental structure breaking gimmicky episodes of TV. And the podcast I do with Tommy is called Lee Carvalho's Potting Challenge, which is a Simpsons gaming podcast where we are going through all of the Simpsons tie in video games chronologically. If you'd like to find other queer creators who are talking about media, check out the Glitterjaw Queer Podcast Collective at Glitterjaw.com. That includes the monthly podcast that Doug and I are doing together right now called Screonk, a Godzilla movie marathon where we're stomping through Godzilla's filmography. Our uh, Most recent episode was on the original King Kong versus Godzilla, which is out now. Um, and then stay tuned. We've got a really cool episode coming up in yeah. a couple weeks on the 13th of March. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of all our episodes. Follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at pod. Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe on all your podcast platforms. Y'all have heard this a million times. You probably Next could week, recite
0: it yourselves. <laughs>
2: you probably could recite it yourselves. That's what five years of podcasting uh-huh. does for you. Entering in our sixth year is probably not going to change because we can just copy and paste that copy. Yep. Next week... Spidey faces gorillas huh? in the episode
0: Diamond Dust. Can't wait to figure out what that's all about.
2: Yeah, see
0: you then.
2: Bye. The
1: we go.